and welcome to episode 363 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, a place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And he's the wonderful, wonderful Wizard of Oz. No, he's not. It's Tony Edmund. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is a little bit of a short intro this week because we've got, got a crammed episode. We've got yeah. a whole heap. Well, hopefully. Guess yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guests galore. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking about things from licensed comics to Comic Cons to art. Art. I've forgotten the word. You know, I unbelievable. Three boobs. minutes in. No, not art. Boobs. Processes. Uh, I processes. forgot the word processes, yeah. which is weird because okay. we, talk, we talk about comic book processes every week on this show. Yes. But um, yeah, so there's lots to get lots to get through. Um, but I, I tell you what else, there's lo- where there's loads to get through. Nice. That's on our lovely uh, sponsors, a Comic Houses app. Yes. Yes, Comic House, our lovely sponsor. They are the indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics just as much as you or I, and uh, Dan and Tony. Uh, if you go to ComicHouse.com, there's a huge. I was reading it today. Were you oh, indeed? Yeah, I've oh, written some Vampirella today, Nancy Collins' Vampirella. That's quite nice, nice. <laughs> um, if you go to com, you see there's a huge section of titles on their database. If you yourself self-publish, put some work on there as well, because it's another yes. avenue to get your work out there and just be able to start selling your wares straight away. And if you have digital copies, do put them on the app. Um, digital comics um, are here to stay, even if some of the ways of getting hold of them are, are terrible. But Comic House is not. It's awesome. And they have an, their own app with loads of stuff on that's being added to all the time. What's on there at the moment, Dan? Uh, we've got the Wilder Short Volume 1, uh, Atomic Hercules Goes Commando. Yes. Uh, Comic Scene Annual 2021. We've got History of Comics 1977. It's a great year. Uh, the Monster Cleanup Guy Issue 1. And uh, new on the app, we've got Tom Long's Post uh, by a friend oh, yeah. of the studio, uh, Kev Cooling. Did you say uh, studio? He did. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, makes that's us, so cool uh, now. Makes us sound legit, doesn't it? Like we're in a studio. That's yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> his yeah. story synopsis is a dramatic retelling of the legend of Tom Long, his love, his loss, and the consequences of a life without compromise. That's kind of yeah. how you live, isn't it, T? Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> done me there. I was about to say so. The, the uh, I saw that in Gosh just yesterday on the oh, show, and I messaged Kev to say you're in Gosh, you hipster. Yeah. So, Gosh, I had a bit of a day yesterday when they had the um, oh, yeah. the battle action. Sign. And I was in there in the morning. Well, it was only well after you appear. It's only downhill from there, isn't it? Yeah, they said I can't get any better than this. Yeah, so I try and go in early, so the rest of the day's a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what isn't a disappointment is our lovely sponsors. So go to comichouse.com, um, find out about a fourteen day free trial, and uh, sign up today. There you go. Smooth as fuck. Bang, yeah, yeah. man. Fucking hell. We're not yeah, mucking about today, are we? No. 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 Uh, lots of packing. Well, I mean, we'll probably muck about a bit later. We're packing. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, should we talk about some comics then? Oh, never mind our nonsense. Listen to this. Right then, folks, kicking off our jamboree of amazing comic book talk. And yes, Tony, I use the word jamboree. Nice work. Um, thank you. It's our pleasure to welcome the creative team behind the awesome A Place in the West which is an officially licensed comic set in the universe of the classic video game Half-Life. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners know exactly what we're talking about when it comes to that. Welcome to the show, Ross Joseph Gardner and Mike Pelletier. Hello. Thank, 
Thank you very much. Hello, too. <laughs> Guys, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we saw your comic on, uh, you, you talked about it on Twitter, and I was like, what is this? A Half Life comic? And you were looking for people to take a look at it, and I was all over that straight away. Dan, do you have a, you have a history of Half Life, do you? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was one of those seminal games. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. It, it is. A, it is a sort of classic video game, and I, I didn't really play the. F- I remember playing bits of the first one around a friend's house, and then when the second one came out on consoles, that was when it was my. That was it for me. I was just in deep, but um, some of our listeners may not know what we're talking about. As me and Dan ge- geek out over this, <laughs> um, Ross. I've never played a video game, so don't. If I ask stupid questions, I'll be <laughs> Michael, I've never played a video game, so I don't know. Oh, don't lie. <laughs> your, your son has forced you to play video games. But we yes, tried to play a Wii game once. No, that's not a video game, that's just... No. Like, <laughs> like Wii <laughs> Golf or something. Yeah, yeah. Michael and Ross. Tennis it was. How, yeah. how did you get... Tell us your origin story with coming into uh, Half-Life, I guess. The, the, the initial game and then all the way to the point where you started doing a, a collaboration. Mm. Oh my god! Um, so it's a big story. <laughs> it is a huge story. Um, so uh, when Half Life uh, hit, I think it was nineteen ninety eight. Um, I was I was I was very young, and uh, I watched a friend playing it uh, at his place, and I was like, I got to get this game. Mm. So I got mm. my hands on Half Life. Um, I was about nine years old. It just completely blew me away with the kind of immersion and the, you know, the kind of real time sense of it. Right, there were no mm. sort of levels per se. There was just these chapters, and you know, you you were imbro- you were the, the sort of the cause of everything that was going wrong. It was kind of full of mystery and all kinds of dynamic events that just really kind of sucked me in. Mm. And at that point, sort of around the time that I was really interested in it, the kind of the the drip of news regarding its sequel had started to come out, um, which completely captivated me. Um, and I was just an obsessive teenager mm. all the way through until Half-Life 2's release. So they, they, um, what a lot of people probably won't understand, um, especially younger gamers now, is the way that, um, and not just games, but just media in general, like the way that the news was drip-fed and how you just had to, if you heard a bit of news, you clung onto it, didn't you? It was yeah. like, oh my God. You know, and yeah. it, it really fe- it felt like a bigger thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Hmm. Like you know, for me, it was a case of you know, I was, you know, with the in- the internet wasn't really a thing in our house at that point. Hmm. <laughs> um, I was I was going down to Sainsbury's and just grabbing PC Zone, PC Gamer, whatever had Gordon Freeman on the cover. I was just kind of picking it up and you know, hmm. pouring over those paragraphs and screenshots. Um, and it it was a different experience. And I think the the release, the sort of the the production of Half-Life 2 was its own story, its own sort of twists, turns, and disappointments and delays. Um, and, and then when it kind of finally landed um, with a very cumbersome and difficult Steam platform, very different to what it is today, um, it just completely blew me away. Um, and ever since then, I've been sort of love with Half-Life. And in the kind of immediately after the release of Half-Life 2, I... I started trying to make uh, mods, modifications, okay. um, which are, you know, um, just fan-based production, game game development productions. I'm mm-hmm. um, using the source developer kit that Valve had made available. But I have, like, 
zero technical expertise in pretty much anything. So I was like the worst part of any team. I was I was the ideas <laughs> guy, the writer, right? And I was like, let's let's do this, but I couldn't make any of it happen. Um, so I tried like, and with Mike as well, you know, we tried numerous times to create Half-Life mods, but we just couldn't do it with, you know, we weren't very good at it. And there are things that you couldn't make you know, you couldn't make the Gonar, you, you know, big giant spider monster in Half-Life 2. You just couldn't do it. So it eventually came to a point where we were like, what is the medium? What what medium can we do this in where those kind of technical constraints don't really exist? So you had a, you had a story that you wanted to tell and it was all about getting that story out there. Is that what it was? Yeah, I mean, it was a series of stories, really. Um, we went through several. None of them were A Place in the West. It was okay. only when we oh. came to create a place in the West as a comic that the story we came up with, um, we kind of built for the medium, but it kind of pillaged various little bits of all the projects we'd worked on. Um, if we thought, okay, that's something we can carry over. Okay, that character has a place here. Um, and that's that's pretty much how, how a place in the West came to be. It was, so was like, it, had you guys known each other beforehand? Yeah, how did you meet like, long-term term buddies or... Hmm. How did you know? Uh, Michael, Michael's over in the States, aren't you, Michael? So... Yeah, we had actually met um, working on a game modification um, for Doom 3 um, right. back in 2004. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, we'd met we'd met there. After that fell through, um, Ross pulled me over, um, you know, for the Half-Life mods. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, as he said, that eventually led to a place in the West. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did uh, Half-Life become the... the... The engine using that for uh, Team, not Team Fortress, Counter Strike. I'm getting very f- f- fuzzy on that. I I remember, wasn't it? Wasn't it Portal was something that they tested for Half Life? Was it Portal? Ma- many of those projects w- uh, came from the mod community. You know, oh, okay. like yeah. Counter Strike, Team Fortress. You know, they came out of um, Half Life One and then were incorporated by Valve. And the video game portal, I believe, was a group of developers called is it Nabacular Drop, uh, mm. who worked at DigiPen, and they had this idea. They presented it to Valve. Valve loved it and just said, "You're hired." Um, okay. And then out of that came came Portal. Um, I think that... I think they were students, weren't they? They were students. Yeah, they were students at DigiPen, yeah. and they presented this idea to Valve, and and Valve just just uh, absorbed them. That idea seems completely alien, like nowadays. I can't see that happening. Where games becoming a bit more kind of corporate and mm. buttoned down, as it were. Would you see? Would well, you think it would happen? At, at the at the same time, like the inverse is that is that there's there's so much more of a market for um, for indie games, and mm. you know the 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 kind of like lone developer underdog story. Um, you know, like with things like Minecraft and Undertale yeah. and. Um, uh, Stardew Valley um, and in games like that, where mm. you know, even if you are a small team or even just one person, it's still a lot easier. Uh, well, maybe not easier, but a lot more possible to kind of find an audience. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I don't think Valve, the Valve that incorporated Counter Strike, TF2, well, Team Fortress uh, at the time, the the Valve that was interested in picking up modders and bringing them into the company those those days are very much over yeah um valve valve aren't really interested in that anymore Mm. um that has completely changed 
Um, so you're not seeing people from the modding community kind of being brought on board. It's 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 just not happening. So what caused the pivot to sort of say right instead we're going to instead of doing this for a Half Life mod we're going to uh, produce this in a comic? And did he, Michael? Did you have any background or either of you really? Do you have any background in comics to kind of think that was a reasonable jump to make? No. no not <laughs> <laughs> like all of us, then. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I wasn't allowed to read comics as a kid, um, which is which is part of what got me really interested in them um, when I became an adult. Um, Can I ask you know, why? I was, I was a... Why weren't you allowed to read them? Out of interest. My my uh, my dad looked down on them. He thought that they were right. um, you know like lazier and and okay. that like if I wanted to read something, I should read prose. Um, hmm. So he was he was very much in favor of you know. I could I could buy whatever books I wanted. Um, I, I, I should say he would buy me whatever books I wanted, but I, I couldn't have comic books. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a view. That's a view shared by a lot. Yeah, that's a view shared. That's that's part of the uphill struggle that comics has had since since they started, isn't it? Really? They don't. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. definitely. Especially during the image period. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, so when you could re- when you got the chance to read, what what did you go for? Uh, so I, I I got started. Um, I was at my uh, my sister's apartment, and uh, she had a copy of Watchmen that I think her boyfriend had left there. Um, so I started there, which you know it's a damn good place. Wow, to start. yeah, yeah. Um, and that that got me really interested in it. You know, seeing both what I had been kind of missing out on, and um, you know, just what you could do with the medium. Mm. That's a kind of uh, it's a. We we've done a show before on like what comic you'd give to someone as a kind of like gateway drug, as it were, and I think many of us didn't choose Watchmen because like it's quite if you get it that's great, but a lot of people might be put off by uh, yeah I, I don't across. yeah I don't think it's a good uh, a good intro comic no. um, but it was for me yeah 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 what about actually, you Ross have you got a previous what's your previous history of comics so um, my 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 parents gave less of a fuck growing up to be honest <laughs> they were just well you're Geordies aren't you that's what happens exactly <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know like just, what's he playing is, it, yeah. is he stealing cars oh, that looks fun <laughs> <laughs> um, so but I started with you know I loved superheroes as a kid um, you know I read a lot of Batman comics I read a lot of Spider-Man comics I think the seminal stuff for me was you know the ultimate Spider-Man you know I was young, a very young teenager when that was um, that was being released, and I would kind of cycle from school at the end to the newsagents to pick up the next one. Mm. That's a um, great comic, that is. Yeah, Bendis, just, yeah, Bendis's yeah. run was just just superb, and that that consistent really... art with Bagley, and yeah, it was just mm. lovely. I, yeah, I bought my reading... son that. He he grew up reading that. We loved uh, it. Yeah, we both read it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's just one of the best uh, sort of approaches to Spider Man. I think, and yeah. it just it just it just worked and worked and worked and worked. And I was reading a lot of Spawn as well, uh, which my dad thought was interesting. He would he would look at it and go, "What the fuck is that?" I'm just, yeah. you, you <laughs> yeah, don't want to you you don't want to know. Um, <laughs> so I I was I was reading a lot of comics, but I I wouldn't say I was like, you know, what I, 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 I was like a comic or... nut, right? Yeah. I yeah. I I love movies. I love yeah. uh, mm. literature. I love video games. And I, I love comics, but none of them in a way that I would say superseded any of the yeah. the others. So um, the 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 Half Life, uh, a place in the West. Would that was your both your first time going into a, writing a comic script, Ross, and your 
first time illustrating a comic, Michael? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't illustrate. We both. Oh, sorry. Uh, you we both write. We have. You uh, both write. Okay, got it. Okay, that makes that makes sense. I was going to say like, uh, <laughs> yeah, nice one. Well, <laughs> that's no, the, we, is, the point is because I'm a writer as well. I'm not an artist. Yeah, it's nice to leave the artist alone just to get on with it because they're forever fucking <laughs> yeah. around. And I think if anyone needs to come on and talk about it, it's the writers. I'm I'm hundred percent behind this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we leave the most important part of a place to the to yeah. the talented, politicians, sir. Yeah. to the talented people. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we write something, and then they go and make it much better. So as <laughs> I like to refer to them, art monkeys. <laughs> so yeah. how, how would you work? How do you work collaboratively doing the uh, comic? Like you kind of you both pitch in ideas, and then you kind of like hack it together. How how, how does that process work? So we kind of we spent a long time coming up with the story together um that was a purely collaborative effort mm. in terms of what we wanted it to do um and then i would go away and write the scripts and then they'd go back to michael and then he would frown and you know <laughs> <laughs> why have things, you done this yeah cross yeah. things Friendship's out over. do you do that sort of thing yeah that's good yeah cross things out throw them in the bin um <laughs> and i'd go back and have to do it again um but it's it's a very it works. It's good. Mm. Um, mostly because we've just been working together, you know, creatively for such a long time now mm. that that it, that the the kind of symbiosis between us is, is, is quite, yeah. quite good. So I mean, we, we talk we talk about cooperation uh, a lot on the, this show between like bef- the whole creative team, but normally yeah. you, there's the collaboration between a writer and an artist. But I think yeah. it's fascinating when there's there's two writers on mm. board. Like it, it's mm. it's a different rhythm and process you have to have so i think it, it obviously it served you well having that that shorthand that you had from doing the mod mods and stuff like that that, that sort of helped i guess yeah, yeah def- certainly definitely. and um you know it, it allows us to to kind of you know split up some of the you know the other production duties between us um as well because you know we have um we have other things that you know we we work on as as mm. well um so you know having it having it kind of set up where you know i do um a lot more stuff on the technical side and you know packaging um everything together for distribution um i do um some design stuff for pages now and then um so you know we have we have an even uh kind of split you know and, and then like ross does the social media side um and uh you know it allows us to to both be able to focus on things that you know we're we're stronger at um, that's brilliant yeah mm-hmm. it's and the you know also perfect. be able to spend less time spinning wheels on that stuff yeah yeah it's a tricky process because for us you know we're the, like the only comic on steam which is a digital distribution platform okay. for video games um so there's all kinds of hoops that we have to leap jump through that that I, you wouldn't have to do ordinarily um and right. okay. i wanted to get into process. this I, yeah. This, yeah. this this is fascinating um because obviously you think it's fascinating i think it's horrifying what will the listeners think yeah what will the listeners think um now obviously we've talked about um half-life the video game and this is an adapt we'll get into the the weeds of the story etc but this is available like you say on steam now for um for those people who <laughs> maybe haven't gotten gotten this is normally a a games purchasing 
platform. I've heard it? of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for for people like Tony, oh, it's great. We can now say for the for the people like the Tony, special people like. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is Steam, and how did that lead to the process of yeah, how did the releasing a come about? yeah releasing yeah. a comic yeah. on it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, that's a big I question. I'll, I know. Let the silence speak. I guess I'll start. Um, So we made the first chapter of A Place in the West and Mm -hmm. we made a website for it and we put it on there and we thought that was just going to be how we were going to do things. That was going to be it. And then I lost my mind and I I, I think I kind of said to my, why don't we just put it on Steam? Because at the time, Steam had a thing called Greenlight. Um, Yes long since gone and Greenlight was a way for developers to put their put their game through a process of kind of uh the we like was, a kind of like a you, yeah Mike go on you, it, it was it was kind of like Kickstarter before Kickstarter like you okay. know there, there was no there was no money um involved at that stage but you know you would you would kind of put this pitch up of like here's a game that I would like to you know get on Steam um, and, uh, you know, the Steam users, users could go vote on what things they wanted to see or didn't want to see um, added onto there. And it was kind of this nebulous sort of process um, where you didn't necessarily know if or when um, you would get a response um, from Valve. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't always clear, like, what the kind of guidelines were for being accepted. Um, so when we put it up there, like, we were both like, well, we might not hear anything ever because, you know, people might not be interested in this. Valve might not be interested in letting us do this. Well, they had like, we had to like do things like, you know, make a trailer and all this other stuff. And it was like, I, I'm pretty sure Valve emailed us along the lines of, what the fuck are you doing? And <laughs> like, how, 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 I think they just simply asked, how did you do this? What do you, what's, what do you, cause we had to build an app, right? We had to build our own application to, right. to display the comic. Um, and then it got accepted, which, which was great. Um, and, and not, not long after, soon after that, we were like, uh, please do not send comics to steam. So we just, we just kind of <laughs> got, got through at the last, the last minute. There's now like a rule. Like if you're not a video game, you, you do not get to, uh, uh submit. <laughs> They they were exploring other things around the time that we submitted though you know there were there were um, there was uh, I think there were a couple of films put on there um, and they were looking at it uh, kind of allowing more uh, more different stuff but I think in the end they decided to to you know go full in on video games. So yeah, this is essentially went. like almost an exclusive like it's this the only Steam comic is it? Uh essentially i mean apart from things like i guess visual novels and there are there are video games up there that have like supplementary comics but they're mm. part of the the game itself we, okay. I, as far as i understand it we are the only we are exclusively the only exclusive comic on steam that is just a comic yeah i think wow. i think is an example of the second one i think hotline miami 2 has a comic with it okay yeah but there is still the full, obviously, the full hotline. Yeah, Miami it's not as good, obviously. Hotline mm, Miami yeah, too. Yeah, that yeah. sounds rubbish. It's a great game too. It's a, yeah. it's a great game. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but of course, that is like say supplementary to the game itself. Whereas this is right. a wholly original thing, isn't it? 
yeah essentially yeah, yeah. it's purely a comic um and it, it, yeah that's yeah exactly so now yeah. is a perfect time to say because we've been talking about this is fascinating the weeds of like how did you release it how did you get together yeah. half-life a place in the west what is it and what is it about so a place in the west takes place between half-life one and half-life two there's a stretch of about two decades there thereabouts hmm. um where very little has been done or said or explored within that region and we knew that's exactly where we wanted our story to to be and we wanted to look at the the implications of of alien invasion but we wanted to be far away from the combine who were the kind of uh totalitarian alien force that have taken over the planet and we wanted to explore a small community that had discovered this cosmic tower that they felt would be the kind of key to humanity's salvation and we wanted to look at what that society would would look like how it would organize itself and how people would feel about it um so the place in the west begins around this area of kind of in massachusetts there are children being kidnapped from these sort of small settlements and they're they're taken to the the city and one of the only survivors of this this sort of attack um is the father of one of these children and he is a quite a troubled man who's never really come to terms with the invasion he's always sort of looking to the past and never able to imagine a, a better future and he joins forces with a intrepid young astrophysicist who is on a particular mission and her um ally who's this sort of ancient alien warrior a, a bortigon called dreyfus and together they kind of penetrate the city and start to unravel its secrets um and discover some some very dark and troubled things therein awesome. well that was a pretty in <laughs> that was a detailed synopsis yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah i could <laughs> no that's fine that's perfect that's the, the, then in chapter three <laughs> <laughs> The reference to the, the prologue, <laughs> the reference so the, to the sort of canon, and so the ending, of, yeah, yeah. It, you kind of really kind of uh stuck with it. It felt when as soon as I started reading it, it felt like uh, this is genuine, do you know what I mean? And it fits within uh the Half Life universe, as mm. it were, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, really good thank there. you, yeah. I mean, um, um, you've got to see this, folks, because this is a it's a supremely professional put together book this it looks looks fantastic never mind the like the half-life bit it's just a great looking book um but how did because it says on the there is a it's a fan-made digital comic book but how did the the interaction with valve and like to be able to say that you like officially licensed like how how did the whole dealing with valve and the licensing aspect of it work out so there's not a tremendous amount we're allowed to really say about that. Um, okay, nice. I would so, say so that... There, so there's a sniper's dot on your head now. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. In fact, I can see Gabe Newell outside shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, along the way, there was a... Our intention was to release this for free forever because it's, you know, Half-Life is a intellectual property that is not ours yeah and in and despite the you know 
it's an original story with wholly original characters, but at the same time, you know, Half-Life is, is not ours. Yeah. Um, and Valve took the first step to say, hey, do you want to charge for this? Um, and then that the conversation evolved from there. Oh, okay. I see. Well, that, I mean, it ended up in being a positive experience, isn't it? Because like, yeah. certainly, like, we, we've talked, there's many people that you can only get away with using people's licenses, usually if it's, like, like parody or, or things like that. So to have something that you've poured this much love and thought and care into and someone like Valve is supportive of it must be yeah, a, they- a pretty satisfying result. Yeah, it's it, it's a great honor and a, a great privilege. Mm. And our relationship with Valve has been nothing short of wonderful. Really, they've That's been awesome. big supporters. They've um, they've been very helpful. You know, every time we have a query or an, an issue, because there's a lot of things with Steam and our comic that are, you know, the, the store pages on Steam are set up for video games. Yeah, and we required a few tweaks in order to make ours make more sense and they were more than willing to uh, to help us with that so in terms of like it it is officially licensed but it's not canon right yeah okay you know, it's oh, not okay it's not like both in the west is it's a weird thing isn't it because it's like mm. okay it's officially licensed but it's not sort of valves it's not canon yeah so but, but the story sits in this nice little pocket between the two isn't it it's not like you're dealing with you're not treading on toes no. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we didn't want kind of Gordon Freeman to come running through with his crowbar. You know, it was like if we just stick to a cast of characters that are ours without mm. kind of infringing upon events in the game in a way that would alter them or change things, then we could exist within this very safe space that actually yeah. gave us a lot more freedom. So, yeah. do you have kind of like a route for the story planned out, like, right, here's the end of the story, or is it just a this is going to carry on going as long as it goes? No, it's all planned out. All the scripts are, are written. Um, they oh, go wow. through, uh, once we approach production of each one, they, they go through several edits. But the story is fully planned out. It's 15, 15 chapters in total. Um, we're on chapter eight now. Um, no, it's all set. There is an end. There is an ending. Uh, yeah, we, we know where we're going and we're very excited to get there. So we got like seven chapters. Chapter eight is coming soon, isn't it? I believe. Is it out yes, there, indeed. It? Yeah, within uh, within a matter of weeks. Oh, oh fantastic! So now's the perfect time to get on board with the first seven chapters. So how do you um? But how do you plan this thing out then? You know, because obviously you had this story. Um, did you plot the whole thing out and then just break it down into chapters? How did you guys then, you know, split up this story and what's your process for working on this? Um, so we, we sort of initially had a plan of, okay, there's going to be six chapters and then Mm. we're going to call it somewhere along the line that became 15. Um, (laughs) sounds about right. That's comics for you. You know, usually Mike rolling his eyes at me is like, can we just add another few pages? Um, (laughs) it was the idea that like, I don't know, the, it was, it was just, we just had a very strong understanding of the story we wanted to tell, but Mm the because we've sat with it for so long because i'm sure you guys know making comics is super expensive right yeah um yeah and that means that our production cycle and release uh releases are, are relatively slow so a place in the west has kind of sat in our brains for a really long time and they're the kind of essence of the story the 
the kind of thematic kind of crux of it that has always been there and that we've stayed true to the stuff around it is malleable and organic and we discover new things as we go and you know the artists as they're producing the pages they do things where we we see opportunities to to kind of expand that and go in more interesting directions so whilst we're very much committed to exactly where we're going there's there's always a process of developing it a lot as you go i think that's fair to say mm. so, yeah. so a lot of your am i right in thinking you've employed some south american artists on this is that where you found the artists for it or uh mike do you want to grab this one um yes uh um our our penciler um and inker um is from argentina um yeah. and our uh our colorist um is from uh spain okay um and uh our our letterer is um is is based here in the u.s there's a grand tradition in british comics of employing um argentinian and spanish um mm. artists as well i think historically the story always goes it, it was because it was cheap i'm not actually sure that's true but how did you go about finding those guys mike in our case, it was because we liked their art the most. Right. Okay. Um, awesome. yeah. Where did you find them? Yeah, what, we, uh, what sort of forums? Or yeah, we put up. We put up. Um, I, I can't remember the, the specific sites now because it's been a few years. Um, yeah. But yeah, we put up. We put up job postings. Um, had people do um, do art tests. Um, you know, which we we paid them for mm. um, because we we wanted to make sure that we were finding um, people who had you know the, the the real style and feel that we wanted to hit. Yeah. okay yeah and so we did a, tryouts yeah 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 we did originally like a, the current art team were not there at the beginning the first two chapters were um illustrated and lettered by uh heath Hale, um a, a brilliant artist who who helped helped us get going uh rachel deering who did the lettering we had ivan miranda who was doing the inking as well um on the first two chapters um but but family happened life happened with heath mm. and it he wasn't able to kind of commit to the future chapters so that that set us on a, a course to to find to find another so let's artist. let's name check who you're working with guys that's always I yeah. think, important so, so who, who have you got so we've got christian rossi who's the um pencilist and inker okay We've got Esther Salguero, who's our colorist, and we've got DC Hopkins, who is our letterer. Oh, yeah. And I will say um, that they all do an absolutely stellar job. I'm, I'm they much... sure do, don't they? Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Rossi's work. For minimum pay as well, yeah. it's really good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Rossi's you work. Pay, you don't have to pay artists much. I tend to find, like, peanuts that, and stuff that, like that. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tony's, Tony's not bitter. Just... <laughs> we just ruined the pages by putting words on them. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I feel so yeah. guilty. You're like, yeah. should we just just remove all the balloons? Yeah. In serious, serious, serious talk, I think a good art page makes you strip back the language and the dialogue because it's communicated through the art, isn't it? That's the beauty of a collaboration, isn't it? That's yeah, it's a it's a very careful marriage. Um, yeah, if you're having to explain in words what's happening on the page because it's not it's not conveyed properly, then I think that's sometimes a fault of the collaboration. But if you've got a good artist, yeah, um, I find I take stuff away, you know, yes. the edit, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, I, you know, the first set of issues are very word heavy, but right. o- over time, I learned and Mike learned that 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 wasn't the best way to do this. Mm. Yeah, and you know, the first draft of all the scripts is just. It's just a it's just a deluge of of, of words yeah. that no no one needs. Because the Half Life universe is a it's a dense scientific it's science fiction that is 
heavy as well. There's lots of stuff going on, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. But it's also a subtle way of telling stories as well in Half-Life. It's often mm. very, like, you know, with Half-Life 2, a lot of the emphasis was on these kind of like real, like, very re- sort of uh, realistic characters um, who who you could feel were people, human beings, which hadn't really been done in games before. And we, we did want to imitate that. But like, for it, just, you know, with Chapter 8, we're just doing the kind of going through the lettering stage now. And what happens there is, you know, DC gets the lettering script, which has already been edited to match the pages that Christian and Esther have delivered. Right. And then DC will put those words on the page and we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go over them and go, you know, that doesn't need to be there. That doesn't need to be there. And you, you, just, you just take words out um, and you find ex- exactly, you know, the, the best dialogue, I, I think, you know, just is very crystal clear about what it's saying dramatically about the character. Um, and the process of reducing that is super, super, super important. Yeah. Not everyone needs to monologue, do they? Do you know what I mean? That, no. That's the, no, um, no. There's, there's and, a rhythm to dialogue, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. Show, don't tell is, is the classic yeah. phrase, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And we're guilty of... of, of oh, we all, man. Yeah. yeah. We, we yeah. love a good monologue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean certainly, I think... Everyone um, who's written their their first comic is always the one that is the wordiest, and I certainly when I when I was doing it is very wordy. But like you say, each time you sh- you learn to strip it back and strip it back until yeah. until yeah, the words sure. that you're using are the are the words that really get the job done. Yeah. Did you I employ mean... an editor, or did you just work it yourselves? Or I know it's quite it's quite common these days. It never used to be for small press and indie creators to hire outside editors. You know. No, we just we just do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even yeah. though we're the least trustworthy people to do it, we, we, <laughs> we are doing it. Um, I think sometimes. I mean, I do the same, man. I I don't have my outside it, but I think sometimes I kind of think I know best. I probably don't. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. it keeps me happy. You know, if I you did like. Get... Sorry, go on. If you can get like a, a someone who can question your choices and decisions, even if it's to sort of make yourself realise that actually that was the right choice. Do you know what I mean? To say, why did you do that? And he's like, this is the reason. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I've got a lot of writer friends and I kind of show them to them and they're yeah. just like, what are you doing? It's it's not Shakespeare. Take it out. Take it out. And, yeah. and you, you, you do that. I actually did something recently where um, I was invited to do a kind of comics masterclass at uh, the Bus Bar Uni here. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, that, that'd be interesting. And I thought, well, how am I going to do this? And I opened up the the very first script we'd written for a place in the West way, 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 way back. And my, my panel descriptions were obscene, you know, like <laughs> they were just a page long. Like Alan Moore I, style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, yeah, exactly. And, but, and I was like, let's do an experiment where I remove every single bit that the artist doesn't need. And I, I cut it down to like two sentences, <laughs> you know, and I was like, that's embarrassing, but you 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 learn these things, right? Yeah, I always yes. think yeah. a script is a script is not a work of art. It's not a book. It's it's there. Uh, it has to be. It's to help communicate the story on the yeah. page. That's Precise. all it is. Yeah, that's the function. It. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's certainly fascinating. Like when you get a graphic novel and it has like, oh, here's some script pages in the back. I like it when they do the um, the process where they show a script page and then you see the pencils and then you see the finished page. Because it's fascinating to see what the direction was that the artist was given. 
and how yeah, that definitely. was then that was then translated. Whereas, like you know, you know, we've heard a story of like what was it the famous story you you say, Tony, where Dave Gibbons had the Watchman. Yeah. Oh yeah, scripts, he read it scripts. once. He said I read it once, and I just went back through with a highlighter pen and highlighted the bits <laughs> I actually <laughs> needed. <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah. I think I think I think Moore always he to his, to Moore's credit, he often said like. I feel like in a lot of his scripts, he like he'd write like an essay, and then at the bottom he would just say, "But feel free to just ignore it and do your." Yeah, own. he does do that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he also is quite famous for. Didn't he send a page of script round in a taxi? <laughs> really? Think, Did he? <laughs> yeah, I think there's, he just wanted to send one page or something, and he sent it in, in a taxi. Yeah, which I think <laughs> is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Hell. Yeah, that is a very Alan Moore thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pre-internet. To be fair, no, yeah, yeah. No, he, he, st- he would probably still do that. He's probably got an active fax machine, isn't he? Nobody, <laughs> yes. Nobody in the uh, in the world has got a fax machine at the other end. He's trying to send people. I mean, yeah. you're not going to see the guy on Twitter, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's very so wise. We are all missing out from that. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it comes to a book like this and the sort of platform it's on, the the the, the type of book it is, and the story, what? How is that for you guys from a uh, marketing perspective and getting the word out about? I mean, because we're we're always on the listen out for new books, but this is we've only just come to hear about this one recently and. We're thankful we we did, but what is that? What is that process like for you? Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. Yeah, we are, there's a balance, uh, isn't there? You don't want to be shown to be like too verbose around it, all, do you? Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not marketing professionals. Yeah. Um, no. we really struggle well, with it. It's tough, you know. We're we're also you know we're we're a niche of a niche as the only thing like this on this platform, mm. um, which already makes it difficult. Um, but also like one of the, one of the things that, um, you know, is, is, is difficult um, with promoting comics is, is that, you know, you want to, um, you know, you want to show off the visuals because it's, it's such a large piece of it, but, mm. you know, especially with our, um, our kind of release cycle, you know, we don't always have a ton to show and um, you know, you also don't want to just, reveal the entire uh chapter on twitter um so it's it's yeah. it's tough to kind of like keep up um you know during the off time yeah yeah there's nothing worse than a comic that you've read pretty much all of it on twitter because the artist has posted every single image <laughs> as <No>. well that's <laughs> another thing yeah yes that that can be one <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think with the marketing you know it because of steam you know, we have all the problems of promoting a comic, but we also want a platform that is overwhelmingly filled with games. So we are mm. essentially in competition with a wholly different medium. Yeah. So okay. the ability to market it along those lines is it's very, very difficult. Um, I'm sure there are much smarter um, people who could, could do it, but I'm afraid that... Um, Mike and I are not those people. <laughs> I mean, comics and video games are ultimately very different experiences, aren't they? They are, yes, yeah. There's, there's got to be a way of saying, you know, while you're taking a break from killing aliens, why not have a look at this? You know, it's almost really, that, yeah. which can, I can imagine it probably works to your advantage in a way. Yeah. Um, sort of. There, there's certainly a, a contingent of people on Steam who obviously, you know, they pay for games and they come off and they see place in the West and they go, Oh my God! You thieves! How dare you charge for this? You know, like they, they <laughs> yeah. genuinely think it yeah, should yeah. be free. And I was like, oh dear. Um, but 
you know, it's it, it is what it is. And uh, yeah. uh, for us, it's just a case of, you know, we just plow on regardless. Yeah. yeah. You've got your story to tell, and you and you want to get it out there, and for everyone yeah, to enjoy it, don't you? That's got to be the main point, isn't it? You know, we're we're never going to be millionaires in this business, are we? We want to we want to be able to communicate a story via mm. comics and do it well. And I think that if that's not your aim to start off with, you're probably in the wrong game. Yeah, yeah for me. sure. Whereas like you two guys had this the story you wanted to tell, and then it was like comics was uh, yeah. the the medium of, of how to do it. Yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. The story itself, because obviously we we heard about like like the the mods and stuff, and you wanted to do this with the game. Was the story always there from the very beginning? Because like it, it's very um, it's kind of um, it's different to go from like a modded video game where you know it's just a battle royale or something like that. Got or, scripted or, events, or, or, yeah. yeah. Whereas this is a, this is a linear cinema or more of a cinematic sort of story, isn't it? That, that you're telling. You know, did the story blossom after you decided to move to a different medium? I I think it did. Yeah, mm. the the things that we were trying to do with mods were built around sort of gameplay notions, right? Because yeah. you're always trying to wed the story events with what the player was doing yeah um and it, you know you you don't really want to stop the game to tell the story you want them to do it together yeah um so for this it was a case of all right well this has to be built for this medium you know the story we're telling it has to be a comic book story otherwise there's no point kind of doing it so it was like okay this is the only way to tell it through panels through pages um whilst trying i think to stay true to the essence of half-life's themes mm. um whilst still trying to do something a bit different and that was one of the the great benefits which was a case of you know um okay we have this opportunity to tell a story in a new medium you know what can we do that's 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 a little different and that you couldn't actually do in one of the games so mm. that that was a motivating factor mm. I think yeah. I think this story soars a little more because, you know, it's in that universe, but it's not beholden to the. Remember this from the first one. Remember when you pre- You remember when you press spacebar at just the right time to get out of this. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a unique um, exploration of the universe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the goal. It was mm. we wanted to give Half Life fans something very new, um, in in a universe we knew they loved and cherished and quite rightly protective over mm-hmm. we knew that some of the decisions we were going to make creatively would would be would prove uh controversial but that's okay because you know that's just part of the game yeah um what's fan response been like to things like that have you have you had some people going wow this wouldn't happen like this well there was definitely a question of do you really think a mask a masked ball belongs in half-life and i was like well that is a fair question um but mostly the fan response has, has been very positive um it, it it's it's been a huge relief that you know our fan base is quite small it takes a while to build up but mm. but we have one now and i don't know, people seem to like what they're what we're doing they they like the direction we're taking it and i i think people one of the what well, i think one of the best things we've we've had and is responses that feel like we've taken we've 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 created an original story that's gone to another level right it's not yeah. just yeah it, it's not just a, a a bit of half-life playing on all the old kind of you know 
the tried and true methods. I think people are enjoying the um, some of the, the the risky decisions we're taking. Um, yeah, well, I think we're pretty happy. With it's it. a point, man. You got to push it somehow. And yeah, you got to push mm-hmm. the edges. Exactly. You, you know. Yeah. So. so if people wanted to read this, do you, is it only the digital copies they can get, or is there a, a printed uh, version? I leave that to Mike. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love the, all the but, difficult ones. He goes to you, Mike. I get, I get, I get the answers that'll be unpopular. Um, he's, the, he's the technical guy. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we don't, we don't have printed copies um, as of as of now. Um, it's not uh, something that um, that you know we we uh, can do yet. We're hoping that will change at, at some point in the future. Um, From a sort now, of licensing yes. point of view, you mean, as opposed to a... exactly. Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean. Uh, licensing and also you know even if even if we uh even if we could you know it, it introduces um a whole fleet of other costs yeah um, yeah right yeah and and you know a, a lot more a lot more time you know on uh figuring out logistics there as well yeah um, shipping yeah. it into diamond yeah. going to conventions with it there's it's a whole different yeah. ball game for you guys yeah, I'm guessing. yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so we're we're also content to you know have it be digital for the moment and then hopefully um be able to have those conversations um with valve um, i mean i'll make a hell of a collection on. surely oh yeah. god yeah. yeah yeah exactly um but yeah so it is it is um it is digital um if you buy it on steam um you do get uh pdfs of it so you could um you know read it on your uh your kindle or various other devices without okay. necessarily having to go through the app itself okay they've, good they, yeah. they've also yeah. just released the uh steam deck i don't know if you guys know about that which is no. the, it's a essentially like a handheld computer um by valve in which you, your whole steam library is available on it and you can read that that for us was a was a huge bonus because we find that a much better way to to kind of because we don't have mobile support for the comic okay um through the platform but mm. now with the steam deck people can read it in bed on on a bus on a train so that that's that's really helped us i think so you kind of like stuck with it being on steam you couldn't put it on like in another service provider like uh no comics okay no we are we are but we steam worship is at the altar of steam yeah okay. uh, but but steam is i mean we can't undersell how enormous steam is it's yeah. massive and but, it's curated yeah. and well looked after so yeah got, i mean they're going for it we get a lot of great stuff from steam like the store page functionality is is great um we love being on there um but obviously one day it would be cool to be able to, you know, have, present have the printed, elsewhere. have the printed book in That'd your hands. Brilliant! Yeah, yeah, be, that I would mean... be very, very cool. But it's, I'm afraid, it's out of our hands. <laughs> signing, get get a corduroy jacket, do a signing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like well, I say though, you you've got the following, and, and like you know, seven, eight chapters in, that's your following, isn't it? You know, mm, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. like you know, if if the people are. Are reading it they're, they're in i mean it's like comics in general isn't it you know if you're there for issue issue seven you're in for the series you know and, and, unless you guys do something horribly bad um which i'm sure you won't judging by don't don't, <laughs> don't, don't rule it out <laughs> <laughs> hey you said you've already written the scripts ahead of time yeah so unless you plan something awful <laughs> well mike Always have a spin-off. Mean, yeah. mike caught up we <laughs> We I went over to the states uh, last week to see Mike, and we were on a plane, and he was reading through the scripts I'd written. Of they said I've updated all the scripts, and I was like, "Oh, how did you find them?" 
and he went he kind of read chapter nine and he went i think that's going to be a tough sell (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay okay Um, Uh, it's 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 definitely a bit different it's the orgy scene isn't it yeah (laughs) it's always the orgy scene that's what um did 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 they leak it (laughs) (laughs) poor choice of words yeah. <laughs> very poor choice of words <laughs> no i mean seriously there folks this i mean this is a standalone thing if you especially what i like about this series as well is even if you don't you know you're not okay with video games or even half-life you can enjoy this science fiction yeah. story for what it is can't you you know it's, it's uh and the best spin-offs are like that you don't if you know the the original story that's great but you can pick up and read this straight away, can't you? That was just jump straight in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we highly recommend you check this out, folks. The, the, the these people are what we always say about comics. They're trying something new, and it's a new it's yeah. a new avenue. We always talk about trying to get comics into different areas. Yes. This is certainly that, isn't it? You know, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're certainly going to be um, sort of looking forward to the rest of this. I mean, we've been privy to reading a lot of it already. <laughs> And it is amazing because uh, this book is so professionally looking. I will hats off to you and your team for what you've managed to do throughout the whole thank, series. Thank you so much. That's a that's a great honor, and I will um, I will pass that on to the artists. Thank you. Yes, yes, it's, it's brilliant stuff. So you need, you need to check this out. If people want to go and check this out, where can they find it, guys? Mike. Mike, I knew I was waiting for that. Mike, it was going. It was going. There it is. Um, so we are on uh, Twitter as uh, Half Life Comic. Um, you can search it on Steam as Half Life Place in the West. Um, that's a, that's an web, amazing Twitter is, handle. Uh, Half Life Comic. Yes, it's just like the best Twitter handle you could possibly have. Half Life Comic <laughs> yeah. says it all. Yeah, you know. it does. Yeah, and um, I linked you to the. I think I DM'd you the um, the uh, Twitter profiles for the artists and yes yeah you'll put those yeah. in the show yeah. notes do you want to give them all uh, do you want to give the artists just a shout before we say goodbye to you guys or mike so, me... <laughs> mike <laughs> yeah. come on mike <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't have their uh their, so their twitters in front of me um okay what about you ross you got there have you i yeah. i do it's it's at christian rossi okay with an underscore between uh, Christian Rossi, then there's at Esther Art, um, uh, and there's at DC Hopkins underscore. Who's the letter, isn't he? DC. He Hopkins. is, yeah. 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 Underscore between DC and um, Hopkins, and with yeah. Esther, it's an un- underscore between. It's it's Esther Sar underscore Art. Lovely. Amazing. And Thanks, where guys. can people find you guys? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Joseph G. Uh, and I am not on Twitter. Uh, they man, can, they can only, they can only <laughs> find Michael if Ross needs him to explain anything. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's correct. We, we we banished Mike from the internet. It's because so many times, all he, all his tweets, Ross's tweets, just said Michael, <laughs> and he just got sick of it. <laughs> yeah, and he just he was out of there. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you very much, guys. And uh, it's yeah. it's a great comic, and we look forward to um, seeing how it goes. Doing more, yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, really appreciate it. Much. Absolute pleasure, guys. Take care, guys. Great. See you soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Right there, you go, folks. 
That's interesting, that, wasn't yeah, it? That's Even for me, who knows fuck all about video games. Yeah, yeah. they did good yeah, there, too. Yeah. Pretty, thank you. Yeah. Cheers. But, I tried to keep up, and I drew a picture of a man. But, but, but <laughs> thanks to uh, Ross and Mike for joining us. And also a very interesting avenue to put a comic book out onto a so platform. I'm trying to get my comic put on an ex-hamster. <laughs> Whenever you say that, I think it's someone that used to be a hamster, but I think it's something <laughs> yeah. more. Maybe <laughs> so, that's how it started. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so th- thanks to them for uh, talking to it. And seriously, folks, you need to check this out because it's, uh, yeah. it's a great book. So, what have we got next? We've got the shout outs. And the... oh, hang oh. On. oh there's someone at the door after all these years. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Finally, someone's come to the Finally, house. someone's. <laughs> Who could that oh, be? go on! Someone, let, someone let them in. I'm, I've got a sort of. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay. Okay. Oh my God! Look who it is. It's Ian oh. Ashcroft. Hey, Ian. <laughs> Come on, Ian. <laughs> that became more of an improv. I didn't expect it to go quite as long as that. But yeah, but you did well there, Dan. Thank yeah. you. Thank what are you oh, talking okay. about? God, how easy you give up on the bet! Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, I'm yes. sorry to all those people who believed that we lived in the same house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do people thought that, didn't they? Yes. Like fucking bungled George and Zippy. That's what we are. <laughs> um, now, uh, obviously, the lovely Ian Ashcroft is here, the artist of Hellbreaker and Kia Wordsmith. Hello again, sir. How are you? Hello, I'm, I'm great, thank you. Um, it's, <laughs> I was going to say, it's nice to be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take my coat. You can put a coat on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everyone get um, their clothes off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See that bowl there? Just put your keys in there. <laughs> I did that before and ended up with a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you on, Ian. Thank you, mate. Good to yeah. see you. Um, yeah. We last it's saw nice each other at a comic convention, which is unusual. We never, we haven't said that for a few years, have we? Which one was that? Portsmouth. 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 Oh, of course, yes. Last yeah. time, I think the last time we saw you was uh, Thought Bubble. Myself and yeah, Dan, really? I was at yeah Thought Bubble, and yeah. then I got invited to the Portsmouth one. So I made it was such a long journey from where yeah. I lived down to Portsmouth, and then oh, that was a, yeah, it was a big trek, isn't it's like it? Five hours or something. I got there at two in the morning, and then the travel lodge didn't have an actual reception. It was one of those where you buzz oh. yourself in, and there was no car park. It was, oh, <laughs> but the actual oh, con, I really enjoyed the con. The con was really good, and it was That's nice, good. nice seeing yeah. everyone. My, yeah, you're in a good little place there, aren't you, upstairs? Yeah, yeah. My heart went out to you a bit this weekend when uh, in the Slack, Gareth Hopkins posted up a uh, Twitter thread from Greg Smallwood, and it was kind of like a peek behind the curtain of uh, Mr. Smallwood's uh, art process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go on. It's the tracing, isn't it? It's that old thing, whether you should do it or not, and um, I don't know. I, I really like his work, but... Yeah. Because I've seen that element to it now, I'm going to always assume that it's traced. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I got a few responses to that, and they were all valid. You know, like in terms yeah. of storytelling, it works for the storytelling as well. People having to churn these pages out and get them done as as quickly yeah. as you can, really. If you're so, on the mm, if there's a fine line, isn't there? With, with should I describe this to the yeah, 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 yeah? Essentially, there's a nine-panel grid that uh, Greg's done with this interaction between these two characters. And human shots. target, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and they're, they're talking to one another and there's shots of hands on drink glasses and they're at a bar or something. And essentially he's done a layout with 3D heads and poses and hands of like photos holding these glasses done exactly the same way. And he's worked, traced them or worked over the top of them to bring out these 
drawings and it's kind of quite i would have thought if i looked at the art the original art as in presented as us just from memory whatever like you just drawn that or take a bit of reference but it looks like it's worked almost directly over the top of the photos yeah, it, it is it is completely traced isn't it i mean he, yeah. he did a thing where he was showing you how to trace well and not to pick out every aspect and to keep your lines nice and simple and well, that whole thing about taking away instead of leaving in but i don't I mean, know for me there's a skill we had, in we, there, had a, but... we had a conversation about this and i think the thing is I think you've got you've got to go by a case by case basis, one with everything in life. But I think art is is a good case in point around it. And for him, it works in that comic for me. Okay, um, and he, he's, he's someone that's refined his style to uh, a point. So he's stripped it back. He's on the old yeah. Alex Toth thing. Take everything out. Everything yeah. is extraneous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, looking looking at the thread, like one of the things he says about this is to focus on body language and not the clothing folds. Do you know what I mean? So you, okay. Yeah, not, right. not to every line trace it, just look at how the... I think if you over-noodle it, sometimes it looks almost more stiff, doesn't it? That yeah. sort yeah. of thing. I mean, if you look at something like Robert McGuinness, he was, I mean, I can imagine he's, an ex, you know, um, he's a very fond of his work. I would say he probably used that as well. In fact, they all used models, didn't they? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I think if... The problem with it is that, the, and we, me and Vince, we agreed on this, didn't we, Babes? I think the thing is with it is okay, it works for him. I can, I can accept that, and I enjoy reading his art. It's got that evocative mm. retro fifties Mad Men thing occasionally for me, which yeah. I like because he's also but, got with with his art, he's got the design sensibilities. He's got the eye yeah. for a certain layout and look. And I can, yes. I can imagine that if he was having to draw a spaceship or an alien, he probably wouldn't have that. You know, so yeah. it's, it's nice to see that when he comes out that side of things. But I think if everyone now goes, oh, it's all right because Greg Smallwood does it, I'm just going to trace yeah. all these pictures, no. then it would become just hateful. Yeah. You know, I almost think I feel like he should have just kept it to himself. I yeah. have to yeah. agree. I, I think yeah. that was quite brave in, in as much that showing that much of how you do it, it's kind of yeah. even. Yeah. Fight. Mm. I think it's a weird one because like there was another conversation like this that came up on the Slack regarding reference, and I'm I'm all for reference. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think you you need to mm, use of course. it. Um, yeah. And you know, I just I, in fact I think it's the best thing you can do really if you've got good reference or if you're taking your own photos and and working from them, then great. But for me, that that element of tracing. I think what I said in the Slack was it just it takes the awe out of it. You know, you're there to be like, yeah, wow, but look what this guy can do. And that's how I've always looked at his work as well. Like, that's amazing. That is amazing. And then yeah, we see behind I, the curtain, aren't we? A bit too much. Yeah, really too much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really like the cartooning side of things. You know, everyone like Jay Bone and you know all the EC guys and Darwin and all these sort of guys. I really like that. I've got an eye, and I really do enjoy it. I think what you've got is you've got this upper upper curve on a graph going. Got, you've got cartooning at the bottom left you keep going and you've got people like greg smallwood mm-hmm. and and his like but then you get to the top of it and you've got pictures that are just photographs yeah yeah and I think that's you know we feel over. yeah and, and i think i find that so i saw there was a, there was a book recently um advertised on twitter i sent it to you guys which was, was kind of claimed to be fully painted um panels and it was just photographs one of them looked like someone had scribbled a mustache on like you would on someone in a newspaper Is- and you're watching <laughs> the dentist yeah, they'd run yeah. the photograph through like a, a Photoshop filter or two, and then where they wanted yeah. to add like facial hair, they'd just seemingly drawn over the top, and it looked like 
someone had, uh, you know, like they used to do with a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glasses and a moustache and someone. It looked like that. Everyone would, you draw Adolf Hitler moustaches on everyone, yeah. you? you know, it's like that. Yeah, and I think that, that the problem is you've got such bobbin-headed people out there that sometimes they won't even resize them properly. No, no. Yeah, that's the problem. So it's not a huge, I don't see it as like a huge no for me. I just think it's got to be used for the right place, mm. you know. I wouldn't want to see it in a... Um, um, a Bugs Bunny cartoon, for example, yeah. is the sort of yeah. obvious choice of saying something yeah. like that. But sometimes for this sort of thing, maybe it works. I mean, who's the other guy that Tom King works on? He did, um, um, he did Mr. Miracle with him. What's his name again? Ah, oh, shit. Mitch Gerard. Mitch Gerard. Mitch Gerard uses it even worse. I think. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his stuff is really like that, and sometimes that takes me out of it. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, it, I admit, I admit, I've done, I've like traced stuff that I couldn't, I couldn't do. I've, tr- I've tried to draw it a couple of times, and it's like, this ain't fucking working. So I've set up a three D model, drawn over the top, and then like yeah, pencil fine, and pencil inked it to yeah. get it what I yeah. want to be. But I've not done it. If I wanted, if I wanted photographs as comics, I would buy the old Fumetti. Do you yeah. remember they used to get that? Didn't yeah. they, occasionally, yeah. photo stories in girls' comics, and they don't work because they're too stiff. Yeah. I think you need the energy of cartooning to carry off. And you've got to put in the work. I think, um, like I said, the shortcuts that some people will see, will think are available because of this, is are not seeing what he's saying. Um, like, And they'll just think, oh, well, everything he does is just traced and this, that, and the other. You know. I'm sure it's not. But the use like, of colour he has in his pieces works. Really yeah, well. yeah. I mean, you know, you just look through his... I'm a big Greg Smallwood fan. Like I love his stuff, um, but like you look look through his thread and he goes, "There's a page that's just, just got some drafts of some covers, and they're all worked up covers." This is someone who. There are other people that just be like, "Get an image, trace it." There's my cover. This is still yeah. someone. This is still someone that's figuring out things, putting in the work to get it all done and making it look, you know. Yeah, as I mean, it to... can be. Sorry, Ian, go on. Well, I was just going to say one thing. I have. I, I think I've learned over time about art is no one's got a definitive opinion on it, you that, know, or yeah. can say that that's the right way or that's the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, that's um, the point, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, his work's still amazing. Just just even being able to select the kind of images that he's going to use for the, I don't know whether he took those photographs himself or what. But you know, yeah, he's yeah. incredibly talented. There's no way of getting around that. He, yeah. he really is. It was just at the time I always I'd prefer to see it freehand drawn. Or, there's been or, times when I've seen artists have you ever had this experience where it's been in your head that my god this person's amazing how do they get things so realistic Yeah. and then you see one panel where you're like I know where that's from yeah, and you recognise it, and all of a sudden, like it breaks the magic a little bit. Yeah, it? that's yeah. yeah. There's, that's the problem, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think so, using models is fine. I mean, Gary yeah, Spencer, yeah, yeah. If you look at Alex mm. Ross, for example, he I mean, uses, yeah. the ultimates, know. the ultimates. We wouldn't have Samuel Jackson as bloody Nick Fury if it was. Yeah, <laughs> I kind that. of, I kind of think we need to walk that back a bit mm. because Samuel L. Jackson appeared in virtually a comic every month at one point, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean, man. I th- I've got, I've got. I think there's just levels of it, and it's, it also depends on what they're, what subject matter they're applying it to. Mm. And I think we just need to think that. I, I think I think sports stuff's great. I really like it. I have been critical of a couple of his covers in the past because I've seen who the actor is on it. I think I only mm. mentioned it a few months ago, but yeah, I think mostly I, I kind of like that. I I find that Human Target. If my one problem with that Human Target comic was this is just another depressed character by Tom King. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the art is the art's outstanding. I'm a big McGuinness fan. Are you a, you a fan of McGuinness at all? Ian? 
It used yeah, to be paper. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there's, there's love that stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure he uses models as well, you know. Yeah. I, I did a drawing of like um, two of the characters from Hellbreaker on a drink and draw using a McGuinness sort of original as a starting point. Oh, uh, cool. You know, I have no problem with referencing and stuff like that at all. Yeah. I think it's like yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, I think yeah, I think whoever said it about seeing behind the curtain, though, I think that's mainly mainly. I mean, I I kept out of that little thread because I'm not an artist, and I just thought, as a reader, I know what I like, but that's a, it's purely a personal taste for me, really. Yeah, you know? yeah, but I guess as a reader, you can sort of say what you like and don't, and does yeah, that appear yeah. or yeah. yeah, yeah. But I've never had to. I've never been to a life drawing class or anything like that. You know, although I'd like to, I'd like to give it a go, only if it's a lady though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. let that hang yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, no that's a poor choice of words that's, that's the male model yeah <laughs> you don't yeah but yeah. um ian obviously since you saw you last you're like just busier than ever now aren't you so it's, it's the thing it's all been announced isn't it about your book did you want to talk a little bit about that dude or? yeah so um a couple of months ago now um Pat Mills, who I'd worked with on Spacewalk, um, where he gave me uh, like 10 pages to do on Hell, uh, a story called Hellbreaker. Um, that had all sort of gone quiet. And to be honest, I was just really wrapped up in doing uh, Kia Wordsmith and uh, a couple of yeah. missions here and there. And I was just going along with that. And I thought I'd kind of got to the point where I thought the whole Spacewalk thing had been like a really great experience. It's something that no one can take away from you. You know, you, you can say yeah. you've worked with him. Um, but I, I wasn't sure if it was going to continue. Um, and then Pat just sent me an email and said, he, he said, I'm thinking of doing a, a longer form story. Um, would you would you consider it? And I was straight away, yeah, absolutely, because there's no way I'm not going to say yes to that. And then, yeah. He just started to explain that he he felt like Hellbreaker had gone down really well with the readers, which, which I must admit was a bit of a surprise to me because, um, you know, I did I did read the reviews and stuff like that, and I felt right. like it was one of those ones that was a bit hit and miss for a lot of the reviewers anyway. It was okay. kind of like they either cited it as one of the strongest stories or, or they were quite critical of it compared to the others. So I thought maybe it's not really hit hit a note with the readers but then pat sort of just said he 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 felt like it would work very well in a longer form um to sort of just expand on that a little bit i think he has plans of expanding all the stories eventually um Mm. it's just that he's gone with hellbreaker first so yeah i got that email and then um just since then, really, he's, he's showed me a couple of drafts of it, but he keeps on, he wants to get this right. He, you know, the amount of work that I see him, I've listened to him on your podcast before, and he talks about that staring out the window time, that time to just develop yeah. and get yeah. it right. Mm. And he's doing that now. He He's the one putting in the hard work right now because he's refining that script over and over and over again. And just recently like literally yesterday he sent me what i think are the definitive last five pages that he wants me to work on first okay. uh, which is kind of similar to the approach i had on the original script that the first pages i did with the last three pages 
Um, is that in an intention to keep the the artwork consistent throughout? Because it's, this is the longest comic you'll have done, I think, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I have done... I, I mean, when issue three of Keir Wordsmith comes out this summer, I'll have done 100 pa- over 100 pages on Keir. Right. Um, yeah. But this will be the longest sort of one-off um, stories that I'll have done. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I, I suppose it is to, to try and keep that. I think it's like a, a warm up. He, he's, there's big characters in, in that moment. There's a really, I can't go into it too much, but there's a really great scene involved in it. But it's maybe, it's hard to say. I know the scope he's got, even yeah. though I haven't read the final script. I know, I know a lot of the set pieces that are going to be in it, and I know the scope of them. And all that that's going to entail and what a challenge it's going to be and and i think he sees these final five pages as like like a cheat like a, a good place to start and then build from if that makes sense yeah totally man yeah yeah so is it it's quite collaborative with pat when you work with him there's quite a back and forth is there because i know without giving too much away i've seen a couple of the images um from from a dropbox link and um you, there's a there's a big emphasis on mood and vibe and sort of design isn't there i think yeah i mean uh, i don't think this would be too much of a spoiler but we really want to, we sort of hit upon like an art deco kind of theme yeah. really early on um it actually came from a drawing of um Della Rue's car that yes. i did and it's sort of like this really sleek black automobile that i had like uh, the grill looked like an art deco pattern um, and again, this is where we can talk about reference. Pat had sent me some sort of designs of um, 50s kind of cars. I think they were from the 50s anyway. They might have been earlier with the Art Deco links, but he, he'd sort of shown me two and, the, and I sort of took elements from both of them and sort of merged them together to create something that's, you know, very reminiscent of what I saw. But I Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, really- man. The only thing I worry for you is your your, your mental stability because you might have to draw that maybe six or seven times. I know. Yeah. And <laughs> I might have to do some tracing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, it's just at the moment we've just been doing loads and loads of character designs and that's where the back and forth comes in because um, just getting the character to look right. I think with the first Hellbreaker script, I had a bit of a crisis of confidence about four or five pages in because I got to the scene uh, in in that first story, there's a banquet and I just, I must have drawn that a a number of times trying to get it right Um, because there were certain things that Pat wanted to have in it that I was just finding really challenging. So you had to see the two main faces sort of almost looking at you, but they were talking to each other across the table. You've got the almost a forced perspective on that table you? Yeah. yeah there was no other way of doing it i mean it is all done from perspective it is it is all done from a vanishing point but yeah it's quite an extreme vanishing point and um okay it, yeah and but i i felt like well pat and i both felt like i was going off model with the main character a couple of times so it was bringing it back and this time we tried to negate that by doing a lot of the character designs before the actual comic goes into production but at the same time i've got Keir wordsmith so i'm desperately trying to get that done as well for dave the writer of that because i mean that only has a couple of pages that need to be colored now but i made a big commitment to dave as well i want to get that book sorted as well. yeah that's certainly not a book that's underdrawn either dude i've got to tell you yeah 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 so you're looking at you will you be looking to kickstart that soon do you think the third one 
Yeah, I, I want to get it out in August, really. I think we can. I mean, it, it is all drawn. Um, it's, it's all, every page is drawn. It's just, I've got about, I think it's about eight pages that I've got to colour. And okay. then the cover's got to be done as well. But I'm sort of trying to fit that, that around. Dave's been super understanding. He, he understands this is a big opportunity. And he's, yeah, I've also been like, you know, just I really want it. You know, you know what I mean? When you no, really yeah. and you're going to put everything you've got into it. And you're yeah, certainly doing that, man. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, as well, is, is that you're also, you've also got a full time job as well and a family. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. I and mean, at the full time job at the moment, being an art teacher, we're in the process of Mark, it, like we've marked all the GCSE work and now we're putting it up for display so a moderator can come into the school. So, Work is is crazy as well at the moment. But... You can maybe get the kids to colour it in. I know that's what yeah. Cliff accused you of <laughs> yeah, doing. Get yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, going on. Oh, that's great, man. And he's 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 great to chat to, Pat, isn't he? He he he's. I think the, the difference is sometimes you get an art, a writer who just gives an artist a script and says, "Well, get on with it." And you almost, I mean, historically and anecdotally, we hear of stories where writers and artists never met each other. You know, yeah. they just communicate okay. through an editor and that's it. But mm. I think Pat is one of those persons who, who wants to hear back from you. Yeah, well, you know? one of the best feelings I've had so far throughout the whole thing is where you'll do a character design that Pat might have had a relatively small role for, let's put it that way. Yeah. And he'll, he'll like the design so much, he'll build that character up. So then you feel like it really is a co-creation. That's and great, that, isn't it? That's really yeah. important like to talk about because I was I was listening to the um I know you're friends with him, so I'm sure you won't mind the Mega City Book Club yeah. podcast today. Oh I, him. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I, yeah. 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 I, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was about a fellow who was sort of like I think was he the editor for Pat or something like that. And he was oh yeah. Um, time for creators rights or it was just basically yeah, this book here actually it was um john sanders king's reach they talked about yeah, it. he was talking to rich sheaf about it yeah that's uh the episode that came out today yeah yeah and i well listen to that and and i was like really pat's doing the complete opposite of that he, he's looking to find new talent looking to bring on new ip and then he, he wants on top of all that he wants to give you a share yeah <laughs> as, as a co-creator so it's like i i always find that really Really yeah, amazing. that was the because th- I was surprised that Sanders. So Sanders was very much the sort of hard-headed money guy, yeah. Um, and he 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 recognised the talent in Pat to get him along and create comics. You know, start up a comic, get it going, get all the right people on it. You know, yeah. um, and couldn't probably couldn't have given a fig about. Um, well, he refused to need to sort of pay pay them. Then it was like, well, when when they came to ask for extra money, he was like, no. And but then he sort of <laughs> kind of met his match when maxwell took over that's it yeah yeah Yeah, maxwell was even worse apparently yeah 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 Yeah, that's a great podcast actually it's really interesting one i read the book a couple of years ago and i find it is i think rich says this the don says this if you if you're into that scene read it but if not it's quite dry yeah you know i was just listening to it because i was working on something for pat today so i was just i I had that on in the background while i was doing it yeah cool yeah nice one yeah the the character creation thing is something we've long talked about guys haven't we but how you mm. go around it, and I mean, how much lies with the writer, and how much lies with the um, artist, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and, and having just worked with you, um, 
Dan on a character. Mm. It was very much a shared experience. I think. I, I think you know. I try, I try to communicate what's in my head, and then you communicate what's in your head, and and it worked out. You know. It's kind yeah. Of out of it comes the sort of the the character, as it were. It's not. Yeah. It's it's part of mine, part of yours, and uh, I, I think it kind of like draws the strengths from both. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of I really like the idea of like collaborating more and more the more i do it after that doing as a, a solo creator for years mm. uh, yeah but yeah the idea of kind of like two of you coming together i, I often feel like the, the character creation in such a way like it's greater than the sum of its parts yeah and also i think as a writer you have if, if the project starts with you which not quite often does you know mm-hmm. the it you, you have something in your head you visualize it um, yeah. And you can't, I can't write a story unless I can see the people like playing it out in my head, you know. Yeah. I have that visual image. And it's always a surprise to me when, and you did it recently. And uh, I've just done something with Helena and she did it as well, where the person who comes out the other end as a drawn figure on a page is so like what I imagined. Yeah. And, and I don't know whether that's just luck or the fact that you and I and myself and Helena work well together, you know, we're very much sort of in sync or it lies in, something else or just how you've written it you you manage to carry across what you mean you know which is an art of describing someone isn't it and it's, yeah. it's beyond like he's got round glasses on there you have to pass over a certain vibe almost yeah you know? well i guess if you in do you get that through sort of pat's work the kind of how much would he give to you and like how, how he wants characters to look like yeah for example Delarue, for example from you know how much did you get around that in that was a really difficult character, and he still is a challenge because it's a handsome man in a in a tuxedo who can't be like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, he's that, more sort. Of, I see him as more sort of lithe than James Bond. You know, he's more yeah, of a that, yeah, a bit more yeah. graceful and may, maybe slightly younger as well. But um, he he just gave examples of potential actors really that you could use as a starting point. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I think like Killian Murphy and people. I like can that. see that. Yeah, yeah definitely see that. Yeah, from a physicality point of view. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he was just one of those ones that I just try and draw him to look as handsome as I possibly can, and sort of the suit is his silhouette, it's his signature, so you recognise who he is. And then hmm. he, he's he's just he is difficult to just keep um, very consistent. Really, that will be my main challenge when I'm doing the pages. Um, with a lot of the characters, Pat was some of the characters we've got in this book are really, really out there. You know, some of the designs are like yeah. he's trying to he's trying to conjure. Yeah, there's no tracing some of the characters you're drawing yeah, in that book. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them are are based on like mythical creatures or obscure things that mm. I would never have known about. The level of research that he goes into is yeah impressive. I- also have the kind of the character's backstory and stuff uh dictate the way they're they're seen on the page like i've got two one sort of like military so i always have them like standing straight up with their arms kind of like folded or behind their back and not make hand gestures another one who's constantly more sort of theatrical yeah backs arched over and their fingers always kind of like in a claw movement and making gestures like that and kind of you, you kind of telling the character what the character's like through their body language. Yeah, that's really important, man. And 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 you carry that through into the acting of the character, which I know mm. is something we talked a lot about, didn't we? About hand movements and stuff like that. Yeah, um, facial expression and yeah, 
like yeah. his little nuances um, are going to change that panel massively. It's it's a challenge, but that's what. Yeah, we're, I think we're, I think one of the greatest facial actor artists is Steve Dillon. Mm. I really I really yeah, think really a good. lot of yeah. he's so good in you know that little look and grimace. You can't go wrong as an artist looking up uh, body language and facial expression and stuff like reading into it, not beyond okay. just looking at comic artists. Like you can find yeah. good books. There's there's a great book I've got. Come on, right behind me somewhere. It's basically like what faces do when people make certain emotions and you can uh, yeah. there's like illustrations scott mcleod does like a cheat sheet in one of his books like a double page spread of like how you get disgust you're like the the, the uh. lips top of the lips pull up and you see the top of the teeth and squint and stuff like that and you can sort of like, okay that's the because the... sometimes you you might be getting something in a script that says right they they, they show real apathy or something and you're like well how the fuck am i going to yeah. draw that i'm terrible for writing that i'm always writing yeah. things like they're a bit worried, but they're trying not to show it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, honestly, how is the night's going to show that? Uh, no yeah. yeah, you've literally maybe just like put put worry and then put like a hand in front of their face or something to try and yeah. cover the fact that they're worried. Yeah, I think uh, your influences can be a big feature in it as well because I've covered it before. But like, um, one of my biggest influences when I started out was Jay Lee. Yeah, yeah. and. I've had to really quite, I've had to, I think his style was quite similar to my natural way of drawing. And I think yeah. I latched onto it. And I think that's what a lot of people do when you can, like Mike McNola is one that you can see in a lot of people. Oh there. God, yeah. 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 Like it gets to the point where you're like, mm, you need to move away. So I, I really had to break that, to be honest. And I think it's still maybe shows through every now and again. How do you try and break that though? In as, what do you do to do that? Uh, well, to be honest, Pat breaks it because Jamie Jamie's work's pretty still, isn't it? And yeah, honestly, right. I, if I ever draw anything that's remotely Jay Lee, nine times out of pulled on it. Come say no. <laughs> so, <laughs> like these artists have these big stars; they've got like they're like a planet with an orbit, and you kind of get sucked into it. And yeah, you rotate, and then you, you finally sort of get escape velocity, and you find your own find your own. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's almost like a thing where I think oh, that's a bit Jay Lee, and it always comes back. The page is good, but that panel needs to change. It's like it can guarantee it. So he doesn't. He's just really. It wants everything to the max, really, on every panel. What, what about you, V? I mean, I'd probably describe your style as more more at the cartoony end, if you don't mind me saying so. Yeah. Yeah. How it's do like... you go about emoting stuff through your characters? Is there anything you use? Um, I don't. Uh, sometimes, uh, if it's a particular facial expression, I like to like have some sort of reference. I'll you know I'll, I'll find some sort of reference. Like I say, the curling of the lips or you know, yeah. the way a, an eyebrow sort of furrows. Yeah. Um. But even then, it's one of those when I draw it, it just it just becomes my own style. Uh, yeah. it's, it's weird. Even if I wanted to be like, oh, I want this to be hyper detailed. I just don't draw and going, fuck, I've just drawn like me again. Right. Um, you know, but certainly uh like with the cover of Hidden Lies and stuff, I that yeah. that was definite. I I had a reference for that purely because I had it in my head of how the person was sitting. Yeah. So and hands, for instance. It's not just facial features, just the body language in like hands and the way some people place their hands. Yeah. And if if you try doing 
you know, someone someone clasping their hands together and just resting it very simply in front of them on a desk. Yeah. You need to see it, don't you? You, you need to yeah. see it because if you think you know how to draw it, you probably don't because it will yeah, look like yeah. someone's got like a, a bag of sausages on the end of their arms. Um, but the way that – and sometimes you, you have to lean into – with using the reference, it makes you realise that you should lean into the things that don't look quite – right because you think in your head oh you see a hand from this angle you can you know it looks fine but when you look at a photo or if you look at a certain way some sometimes the just from perspective the body looks kind of strange yeah yeah do you know what i mean totally totally. your brain fills in so much information and if you're yeah yeah totally because it's in real life it's moving yeah the thing so if you're doing that without any kind of um sort of visual aid in some kind of way you're going to probably draw it wrong by thinking yeah. you're drawing it right yeah um because thing things look a certain way because of the imperfections the brain makes sense of it that doesn't necessarily mean that because like sometimes we've got an idea like a, a figure is pointing that they're just pointing their arm straight or pointing a gun i'm sure dan you've had this many times and ian you probably have as well someone just holding their arm out straight and just with one arm pointing a gun sort of kind of not straight at the reader but just slightly to the left or the right now in your head you know how that makes sense but sometimes if you saw a photo it looks like someone hasn't got an arm because it's just like yeah. a blob with a gun yeah. Yeah. there yeah. um those work differently to obviously you know yeah your, your eye is constantly focused on different parts of yeah thing. Where a camera is just going to focus on either the gun or the arm, so one yeah. or the other is going to be warped in some way. Yeah. But that's the hidden lives, like the storytelling, even on the cover. Yeah. Oh, thank so you. brave to cover the face with the font and then, like, having his wedding ring on his hat. Yeah. That was the first thing I said to you, Vince, wasn't it? The wedding ring. Yeah. 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 That tells yeah. a little story, doesn't it? And it's, um, yeah. But that I was think also. You did a really good job on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But that, that was certainly a, a cover that. If anyone's, um, some of our listeners will probably have seen the cover, but that was one that I knew what I wanted to do with the anonymity of a person. I still draw draw all the detail. There's still an original yeah. picture of him. Oh, there is someone underneath that. Isn't yeah, there? there's someone underneath yeah. that. I drew the person and then obscured the person. Okay. Um, well, just to give a bit of energy to the picture, yeah, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I did. I didn't half ask the details. Do you know what I mean? This guy's got a full on face, like a, you know. I knew what I was going to blur it for want of a better term but i still yeah. needed to do justice because if you if you don't put in that that sort of effort into what it looks like people will probably see through the the mirage if that would make sense it will be yeah you know. yeah yeah they can tell you cheated a bit maybe. Yeah. yeah yeah i think that's a big thing about comic making and cartooning and all that sort of thing you know there's there's a lot of people out there who can draw like amazing physicality and buildings and you know boats and everything but there's something about comics that the use of shortcuts and the use of iconography and everything gives it an energy, isn't it? Mm. You know, that yeah. you, you get that you get that um, movement and just character and personality off the page somehow. And he, look at some of the artists we really admire. Some of them barely draw anything yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You know, Scott McCloud is a, a good example of that, really. I, th- yeah. I think there's um, I think there's there's enough um of an idea here lean at how we sometimes pick out covers or we pick out this i think what about a, a task for the future where we have to pick out one panel from a comic book page that tells a story because sometimes yeah in one panel 
you understand what's going on whether it be em- yep. emotions or yeah, and I'm not I'm not necessarily saying like a big explosive someone's had their head blown off that's that's obvious yeah it can be it can be a moment between two people often yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's a there's a lot of especially when you're younger I think and you're less exposed to extreme emotions some comic books especially people like Kirby did this really well you know the really dramatic moment is a, is a, a you know it's a heart beating moment you know you're you know it shoots up in your emotional levels when you see stuff and that's why a lot of these great images stay with us yeah you know when we've got cyclops holding gene gray or you know by this you know whatever it is you know in the dc comic you, these moments stay with us because they've got a high emotional content to them I not mean, necessarily because they're perfectly drawn no. the, the you know unlimited um dramatic scenes of spider-man's life in comics one of the most powerful ones that everyone knows about he's walking away from a bin yeah back to the art of the cover man you need yeah. to convey that don't you Again, yeah you know yeah yeah it's yeah. interesting yeah how do you find the the working on quieter moments ian do you what's your favorite kind of scene to draw i think sometimes my art suits the quieter moments mm. in a way um yeah. there's more sort of moody stuff maybe yeah 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 um because i do struggle more with with the kind of forced perspective and the exaggerated gestures and stuff like that and it's probably my art is probably at its strongest sometimes in the quieter or more menacing moments as well you know like the calm yeah. before the storm or after something terrible's happened okay um yeah, I don't. I just. It's more about rather than um, moments that I prefer. I suppose it's like the characters that I prefer drawing. Okay. Like, in everything that I do, there's always a couple of characters that I really look forward to drawing them and getting them right. Um, and there's other times where you'll have a character that you you kind of you've drawn a lot or you always find it a struggle at some point. Um, but yeah, so that that would probably be. What about you? Oh, I mean, I would just quickly to interject there, I always look at your artwork in, and I think when they eventually fucking realise what a mistake it was to close down Vertigo and bring it back, you're a shoe-in <laughs> oh. for that, man. I mean, Oh, God, yeah. You've yeah. got Vertigo written all over your work, you know, Books of Magic and Sandman and stuff like that. I think it would be brilliant thank for you, you know. Oh, thank you. Mina. Yeah. Sorry, mate, well, I interrupted you there, sorry. Well, to be honest, though, when because I'm probably not quite the same as you guys and that I'm being a lifelong comic reader right. when, when I started to look into comics like I said it was Jay Lee first and then mm. and then it was probably like the Horn Garden Simon Bisley so yeah. I, can, I, I really this is genuine I really have a memory I think of looking at that Horn God and, and subsequent and previous slains that saw and thinking I'd love to draw for this guy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, honestly yeah. like pinching pinch myself at the moment. It's just, yeah. <laughs> well deserved, though, Ian. Well yeah, deserved. God, yeah. Thank yeah, you. So, totally, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's he's such a great dude as well to, to, just to talk creatively with. I mean, I've sat with him for hours and chatted to him right. about, you know, ideas he has. And the thing about Pat is he's very, he's, he's automatically interested in everything you've got to say, which I think is a great sign because, he, you know, he's he's learning as he does it. Uh, well, uh, yeah, listening is yeah. is the superpower that not enough people have. Yeah, so, uh, you lovely people yeah. listening to this show, we truly appreciate. It. Yes, we are your heroes in our book because you've listened. <laughs> you listen to us for a couple of hours every flipping week. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about you, um, Vince and Dan? What What are the things that you enjoy drawing the most? Yeah, oh, I, I think I think uh, I might know what Dan. Dan, come on, come on. 
you love, you love, you love. Yeah, yeah, boning. I, I do like Splash pages. exaggerating sort of features and kind of expression like people in pain or shouting or the image you drew with it, that pulling that bloke in half. That's always fun to do man. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's always fun to do stuff like that because you can't have that all the time and you, well, you can't have it yeah. all the time in the comics, but it's, you can only use it once in a while when, when you can really put your foot down. It's fucking yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, sa- it sounds weird. One of the um, most fun I had with some of my artwork, um, it's going to sound quite dark. <laughs> um, even though I've got this cartoon style, there was um, in Murder Road, um, one of the. Uh, when there's there's a panel where the car hits someone and they merge into the car. Um, okay. And they're sort of melting it. I, I quite like doing pretty twisted. Um, not when I say horror stuff, not in the sort of um, you know, just seeing all the innards and gore and everything, you know, specifically, but it's something a little bit, I don't know, just a li- little bit twisted. Um, I quite, I quite enjoy stuff like that. But um, I think, yeah. from a point of view of writing, I think I prefer writing people. That's okay. the thing I really like. I like communication and interaction between people. I think if I've got to write a fight scene, yeah, I, I, I almost. I've done it a number of ways, but it depends on who I'm working with. Sometimes I'll actually block out each punch and write it per, per punch. But but things when I'm working with um, Daryl, I say right, this is this is the beats I want to hit hmm. amongst these three pages. Just go fucking nuts because I know you love it, you know. So and he's quite fine with that. So I say right, it starts off with him jumping in the air. Then I want to hit him on the head. Yeah. You know, I don't. Sometimes I don't almost break it down panel to panel for that. But I think I prefer the conversation between people. I think that's that's something I, I really like working on because conversation if you wrote down for example the conversation we've had on this show it would be a four million page graphic novel you know you can't have that much conversation in a comic you have to strip it back Mm. and make Mm. it important and i think that's really interesting and i like to work with artists who can communicate that interaction Mm. there's very subtle things that go on with people when they talk to each other Mm. you know there's been degrees and ultimate numbers loads of books written about everything but there's this the subtleties and the emotions and the empathic quality of a conversation i think is, is a beautiful thing and i really love writing that mm. yeah and what seeing is, it made do that i just did it this air cutting people off before they finish but yeah, so conversations common, all come this just happens all the fucking time mm. yeah yeah talking on top of each other and it not not interrupting the flow of the conversation because no. that's what people do yeah you know but yeah, what, a what a conversation we've had today people <laughs> and we hope we hope you've enjoyed it it's been a roller coaster um, of topics yeah it has yeah, yeah. yeah what an informative episode um, but don't worry Ian's not going anywhere he didn't he didn't no. pop in to get a bag of sugar and then leave he's got a recommendation for you but before we get to that section we've got a couple of shout outs don't we gents yeah i put a shout out on the um the twitter um i'm not going to get to all of them guys um some of them might go over but um here's a few of them any skill and comic festival is running next weekend the 18th 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at St. St. McCartin's, McMartin's Cathedral Hall. Guests include Garth Ennis, Declan Shalvey, Rob Williams, and, and Mike Dory. Mac Powell is on, and that's on between the 2nd and the 3rd of July at the Town Hall on the Saturday and at the Room for Comics at the Button Warehouse um, on the Sunday at 10 to 4 p.m. Um, exhibitors of that include Tor Freeman, who we really must get on, actually. Tor's a great crayer. Uh, Tor Freeman, our buddy, Nick Brokenshire. Sean Phillips, who's been on before, Charlie Adlard, Tim Quinn and Dickie Howlett. Um, our buddy Drew Hurd's there, as well as Pete Dory. So there you go. Go to MacPow, M-A-C-C-P-O-W, MacPow.co.uk for that one. 
Um, launching at that as well is probably one of our favourite people, um, is Nicole Bates's new book. Now, it's not a comic, but it's I would probably describe it as an illustrated book. But I got, I got to see a, a copy of it the other day, and it had me chuckling away at it. It's called The Wonderful Whimsical World of British Wildlife. Um, really good. So if you are at MacPal, go and get a copy of that. If not, just look, look up Nicole. Um, um, she does, her and Ian do the um, Lakes International Podcast, Comics Festival Podcast, so go and look for that. Um, Unborn Fears by A.P. Bedorjak is a horror comic set in a kid's world where fancy and reality are intertwined. You can find it on Amazon. Um, if you go to our Twitter replies, you can also see a free Dropbox link to that one. Um, so there's a free copy of it on our Twitter if you're going to have a look for it. Um, Andy Clift, uh, we haven't heard from Andy for ages, have we? No, one of our no, favourite people. Yeah, I'm always aware of what he's doing. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. an absolute yeah. legend, is Andy? He is, and one of my my favourite episodes remains the episode he came on and talked about disability in comics. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, yeah. it's my favourite. My favourite episodes. He's got a new Tumblr comic strip called Out, Out called. I can only think this is because Andy's now a dad, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's done this comic called Pickle Chops. Um, it launched yesterday. Picklechops.tumblr.com. So it's a Tumblr one. Um, Mr. T and the Phil, the Falls of the Future is also by um, previous guest Mark Jackson, who incidentally runs MacPow. It drops this weekend. Go to Mark's comic, Mark Makes Comics on Kofi, and for £15 you can get a copy. You can also find him at Mark, Mark with a C, Mark Makes Comics on Twitter. Um, here's one for Dan. Aerotech is a slightly NSFW office, office comedy set in a sex robot startup company. <laughs> That sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do androids dream of electric sex? And it's on Kickstarter. Uh-huh. Only a, actually, at the moment, only a day to go. So you need to jump on that Oh, one. shit. Um, yeah, check that yeah, out. So have a look at that one. Um, the sex 20... robots are back. <laughs> yeah, always. 25th and 26th of June at Shrewsbury Museum Art Gallery is Comics Salopia 2022. Free entry and Charlie Edward would also be being, doing a signing. Also, there will be um, the guy we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, David Roach, who we met at um, Lawless. Simon Furman. Previous guest Riley Brown, Michael Golden's going to be at it, and wow. Claudia Christian. There you go. Um, the Michael South... Golden's a fucking ledge. Any really, great? We were only yeah. talking about him on the Slack yesterday, weren't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah, did yeah. his detective covers. That he's oh, just... so good. Yeah. If you want like storytelling and imageries, that's just yeah, great. Yeah, so good. Um, the tenth of July, South London Comics and Zine Fair, um, at between twelve and six pm. It's the Stanley Art Centre in South Norwood. Uh, and there's like Gareth Brooks's part running out. I think loads of um, guests and pals and everyone. I'm going to try and get to it. It will be the day after we have our um, Mr. Cumber get together in London, ah, nice. which is the 9th of July, which we're hoping to get to. Um, I'd love to see you and Cumber in the same room, Ian. <laughs> that sounds a bit weird when you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 30th of July, July at City Centre Comics is celebrating its 30th anniversary which is a great Glasgow comic shop. Um, excellent back issues. Um, I hear really great things. I really must get there one day. Um, so they've got a load of Scottish creators in to do signings, um, including Johnny Cannon. I'm sending him a load of um, the comic I've just done with him in a minute to uh, to sign and sell. There. David Craner, um, Colin McNeil and more are doing that one. We're almost there, guys. Um, Hellbound Media will be launching their new title. It's called Clown Face Mask of Fear. I can only shudder at thinking what that's going to be about. That's very brill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Elbow Media um, pushing all the boundaries in horror comics. Yeah. Um, it's bound to be c- completely mental. I'm on board for that. I like this stuff. Mm. I like what they're doing. I think they're good. Um, the Brew Gooders anthology will be hitting Kickstarter in a few weeks. Some cracking talent is involved. 
Um, we'll no doubt have a chat about it again when it's ready. I think David Craner and a few of the other guys are involved in that. I know you've been on there. They do like a YouTube show, don't they? The Brew Gooders. That's right, isn't it? They're the guys. Yes, that's the one. They kind of they, yeah. they stream it on YouTube and Facebook. That's the one. Yeah. Um, the second issue of Bad Nature is a fantasy action drama with gods and dragons in a world where hell exists, but heaven is under construction. And that's going live on Kickstarter in July. Have a look out for that one. That's interesting. Um, Free Hands is, car- is currently on Kickstarter from Matthew Wilding, a pirate-based historical noir series. It's got about 20 days to go on Kickstarter, so go and have a look at that one. And the final one, Worlds Away, number one. It's Kickstarter, Kickstarter on the June the 14th. A soldier wearing high-tech armour must find a way out of a dangerous and mystical planet. That's called Worlds Away. It'll be on Kickstarter soon. That sounds so that's great. it. Cool. There you I go. Thought you, I thought you were cutting down the list, Tony. Bloody hell. <laughs> I did. It was probably about twice yeah. that, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, I think I just... What happened is I put it out on a Saturday morning on, on Twitter and then then America woke up and someone retweeted and then we got a load more. It was like one of yeah. those, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're the minds. Yeah. So we're now just going to absolutely breeze through some lovely recommendations for you people. Um, and the guests go first. Yeah. So, Ian, what would you like to recommend to our lovely listeners? I'm going to recommend the book called um, A Trick of Light by Ali Fell. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, like I got it as a Kickstarter. But I saw his work a couple of years ago in a book called I think it's called The Shadow Glass, um, which was published by Dark Horse. And he's just got a lovely drawing style that you, you know. And I'm always looking out for things. You, you mentioned David Roach there. I think his work's kind of similar. Yeah, I can see that man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah the way he draws women, especially I think. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a book about. Um, a couple and they they both work in a school and on the schools being rebuilt or extended and there's these mystical like stones like a stonehenge kind of place and uh, i won't spoil it but it it's kind of got that folk not folk horror but just um i suppose like misty kind of quality to it and um I can't believe. I think it's all drawn on Cintiq, which is like a drawing tablet, like an iPad or something. Um, but it all—I mean, it doesn't look like that. It looks like it's all free-handed with them um, ink and a brush, but it's not. It's just absolutely stunning. It's all black and white. And um, there's a nice bit at the back where he's talking about how he came up with the characters. He's really worth looking at if you haven't seen him before. I'm yeah, sure. I like the. I've just looked at that one you mentioned. Um... Fucking yeah. hell, that's good. That, yeah. that, um, what's it called again? Shadow Glass. Bloody hell. Yeah. yeah. That, so, like, um, like I said, when I first got into comics, um, the first guy who I sort of was working with was Colin Clayton, who lives around the corner from me, and he'd done he'd done work for 2008, and he used to give me his previews. So, well, can I just I, say that Ali Fell, I think, is a lady. I don't know. I, I heard, don't know. I think it. I I think it's a fella. I don't know though. Okay, we don't know. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I've always, I'm, I'm friends with them. I'll just say them on Facebook, and I've always assumed it's fella. But um, yeah, either way, amazing, right. amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, lovely. Yeah, and that got a lot of heat, didn't it, when it came out? Um, yeah, I think it did really well. It got yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it looks great, man. I must, I must seriously must get my hands on it. I know everyone. I tend to put off, get put off by people being over enthusiastic about things. So I think I'll only be let down. But this, this does seem to have lived up to the hype. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, he's the writer on it as well. The story's not as strong as the art, but the story okay. is a vehicle to showcase his art. I think, and, he, and, it, and for that reason, it's just amazing. 
Cool. It's like um, it's almost got like a misty feel to it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice one. Nice. Nice. Okay. My one's a very quick one. Um, this week it's not really a recommendation. It's more one of those. Finally, I've uh, I'm starting to read this. Um, so to be continued. Um, a couple of months ago, I was very kindly gifted one of the books that I've mentioned on this show was a gap on my shelves by my good friend Ian Matthews, uh, and uh, he gifted me a copy of Bone in, no, no, one, in one in one volume. It was it, it was Kill one a of dog the, with that, couldn't you? Kill yeah, a small dog. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I have finally started reading what is essentially one of the great legendary graphic novels <laughs> I think of especially in the indie world um, it's so much fun man as yeah, well yeah. it really is did you some ban this recently Bone was there something about that or was it no, I'm not sure maybe really they mouse. that sort of shit don't they I know Mouse they tried to mouse, ban yeah, yeah. Yeah. Off reading list. they didn't ban it but to yeah, get off reading yeah. list I mean Bone's very much a sort of fantastical story about um, three cousins who look like cartoons but they're in like a sort of pre-technological sort of fant- fantastical world um so i'm looking forward to reading more about like things like the great cow race there's all these references that i remember in wizard magazine and i always yeah. thought oh what's that about that like, you know yeah um, same man jeff smith's the master of self-publishing yeah he knows what to do there yeah i think he got the rights back didn't he and everything you know? yeah yeah so um yeah this is sitting very proudly on my shelf um and ian god bless him it was one of those i've read it pay it forward kind of thing so that was very kind of him and, and something that i will probably i'm probably inspired to do because sometimes we've got we an have, idea for your birthday now we have we, we have these we have these books that are like ah, okay I've, i'm done with it who would enjoy it i think that's uh that's always good to do yeah so that's my one okay who would like to go next dan okay mine uh, i've gone back uh and i've been reading a classic daredevil born again Oh, nice! Uh, yeah. 1986. I didn't realise T that you'd done a. Uh, That's right, man. Never run anything on this, and it's the first round in uh, Daredevil two two seven to two three one, uh, written by uh, David uh, Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli. Uh, yeah. oh, but it, this fucking this still this hits hard. It's still a masterclass now. as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolute yeah. masterclass. And like, I can only imagine. I didn't read it at the time, so last time I read this was like quite about fifteen twenty years ago. And it's still fucking written such a while ago. It's still got such an edge to it that only some comics now they can only fucking dream of holding. Uh, and essentially, it's uh, Devil Daredevil's long time on and off uh, girlfriend, love interest Karen Page uh, gets into uh, drugs, pornography, and the only thing she's got left to sell is uh, Matt Murdock's identity as Daredevil. And this gets back to Kingpin who goes about absolutely destroying Matt Murdock's life, every aspect of it he possibly can. And for weeks, like Matt Murdock and Daredevil going around like trying to find out who the fuck's doing this because he has no clue. And there's a brilliant bit where uh, he's about to go to his apartment building and it blows up and is completely demolished. And he's like, I didn't know who the fuck was behind this, but that was the kingpin. It, that's yeah. that's as good as his signature on it, and still the scariest on, woman in comics is that nurse. Yeah, he, he, the kingpin hires a nurse to sort of take. It, it's really kind of like the, the the kingpin's never been written better as that kind of crime boss who just there's no yeah. fucking about. Just people just get offed willy nilly just for kind of standing up to him, or it's just easier to have someone dead. 
than anything yeah. else. I mean, we real, use real we villain. use some we use some panels from Mazzucchelli in um, uh, the thing I did with Cannon with Johnny Cannon, mm. with the way that the light plays uh, across the bars and the cells and stuff. He's just brilliant. If you look him up on YouTube, he gives quite a few talks actually. Nice. I think he's um, a teacher at is it School of Visual Arts in New York? Okay. And you can actually watch some of his classes, and he is so spot on. Yeah. yeah, so insightful about what he does. The other thing I like about that man is the the pages at the start of each issue, which have um, Matt in a different position of agony almost, you know, until he's, he's almost crawled up as, you know, at the end he's of it. He's absolutely like going through the ringer, every yeah. single one of these, like in trouble. Uh, what I really like about it, and it, it, maybe this is me, like this making an observation, like a, a bad guy being an absolute fucking bad guy. I know I've banged yeah. this fucking drum a lot, but like you see TV uh, shows and fucking comics and stuff, and you read it, and like the bad guys, like no, he's not quite bad. Yeah, they're pretty bad, but not like completely irredeemable. They've always got to give him a kind of spark of, well, they they could be okay, but like this, the fucking daredevil and the people who employ us are absolutely horrible. Yeah, you just like, wouldn't want to f- be in the same room with them. Uh, it's really well done, like. It, and once again, like I, I never, my kind of like appreciation Frank Miller and his writing just seems never ending. Uh, when we it's, said it, we, we we sat one day, didn't we, and tried to name all of his books, and every single Martha Washington, you yeah, know, Sin just, City, Daredevil, was, everything is just you know year one. Everything is just so different, but so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much respect for the guy uh, yeah. as a creator. Definitely. So uh, yeah, like if you've not read this in a little while or not read it at all. I'd go out and recommend getting a trade. It's been collected several times. Daredevil Born Again. So well done. Yeah. And his cap shows up for quite a yeah. big role in the last part of it. I completely yeah, forgot about good. that. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Really good. There you go. Okay, Tony. I've got two ones very, very quick just to mention one and thing. Uh, first one is of Dust and Blood, The Battle of Little Bighorn, um, written by Jim Berry, illustrated by Val Merrick, lettered by Simon Boland. Um, this came out of a conversation that me, Cliff, and... Um, Ian are having at the moment in regards to possibly talking about Mayorick as an artist who I've always admired and he's another one we talked about it earlier about there's panels of his that just stick in my mind because they were just so sharply emotional you know um this was originally kickstarted by and is now published by NBM it's 43 pages oversized hardcover full color um it opens in Montana territory I mean I'm a bit of a student of the whole um indigenous people of the North America you know their sort of history and stuff and this is a real a real moment, you know, really something. Um, opens in uh, 25th of June, 1876. Um, and the story initially is in, is narrated by a character who's a scout. Um, he's um, a Westerner called Mr. Greenhaw. And they're tasked with exploring and finding a village, which they do. They go out, a little team of some, some Native Americans, some um, um, Irish Americans, you know, sort of thing. They all go out and find this town. And the narration then shifts to one of the um, Lakota warriors who's called Slowhawk. And he takes, um, he sh- he shows their lives. So you get this almost like two parallel storytelling things are going on. And he, Sitting Bull was there. One of the reasons there was this battle is Sitting Bull had done this, um, he cut himself a hundred times in exchange for a vision. Really interesting, you know, when you get into the sort of mysticism of the, these people. And he talks about um, attacking the blue coats and, um, the the mystical side is played on a little bit but most of this is a straight historical telling um and this this the point of view switches between the scout and the lakota warrior throughout and um 
Custer is very much played as, you know, you've seen, we've seen films about him and we've read mm. the books and stuff. He is very much, uh, he believed so much in himself, it led to an ineptitude of his abilities as a leader, you know. And and he just says, he's warned a couple of times by the scouts saying, there's too many, you can't win, you, po- you can't possibly win against the gathering of all these nations. And what you had, you had the gathered tribes of the Lakota Sioux, the Northern Cheyenne and the Rahapo warriors. And they're, they're also working themselves up to into this sort of fever pitch, ready to fight. And about halfway through, the eruption the eruption of violence starts and you get the, the battle at Little Bighorn. And it is played on a... Because this is an oversized hardcover, it's massive. You know, it's yeah. like the old beady hardcovers. Uh, and it's played out across these battlefields are full of characters and full of smoke and battle and blood. And it's done with absolute lack of glamour. You know, that, you know, a real reality of this is what's happening. And you're like, fucking hell. This legendary back, it plays in like an absolute widescreen. Um, and then towards the end, the two point of views meet because Slowhawk and Greenhorn meet on the battlefield. And and it, the way that the, it's written and drawn is this is like the the, the, the point of the spear, the, the, the joining, this epitomises the whole battle by these two men meeting. Who two men who we've got to know, which is a clever thing about it. We've got to know them throughout the book. Um, absolutely shows the personalities and traditions of either side. Um, there's a real great moment where Slowhawk is handed a, um, a horse by, I think, Crazy Horse, actually. Um, and he talks about the meaning of it and how if you are given something. See, his people believed there's no point in having possessions unless they are being used at the time. There's no use to them. And he's given this, this beautiful horse. Um there's a bit, a, a bit where the, there's a, a Spanish warrior because a lot of the the Western blue coats, as they call them, you know, the U.S. soldiers were actually Spanish speakers, and he's having this conversation with this Lakota warrior, and neither of them understanding each other um, at the point of one of them dying. And it's really well done. It's this this real interesting showing in storytelling about the clash of the two cultures. Uh, Mayorek, fucking hell, he is brilliant. Um, absolutely packed with um fully painted artwork he he loves i think if you look at i follow him on facebook and he's a great person to watch because he's forever putting out these paintings and a lot of them are very much western related and he can, and we always talk about people can't draw horses you know he can draw a fucking hell and the last five pages of this absolutely blast you they're, they're just so powerfully done i read it um yesterday morning i was on dad duties and i sat there with a coffee and read it and uh, just absolutely brilliant and then at that, you also get some really lovely um, sketchbooks work, you know, how he worked up each character and stuff like that. There's a real process stuff thing going on in the back, which I know a lot of us like. The only thing I will say about it is the lettering is, like, tiny. And yeah. um, okay. some of the pages are, like, really straining to read. You know, when you've got this, like, massive book, thinking, why is the lettering so right, small? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it could do with a re-lettering, actually. Yeah, so that's my first one. So that's... Um, Called of dust and blood the battle of, uh, battle of little bighorn i know i think you said you were going to get it in didn't you i know you mentioned yeah it. i saw because I, I saw that on amazon and you can get it on kindle can't you as well and that right just, I, yeah i don't it's think great. it's expensive either the cover is wonderful isn't it oh so lovely it's like a big painting isn't it yeah i mean yeah. it's 17.99 in dollars you know i can't imagine what it's going to be on kindle but you know it's not a bad buy for this you know it's a big old book kindle, the whole book's six quid Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. And then lastly, I just want to give a shout out to Blatt Issue 2. Did any of us read Blatt Issue 1? I can't remember. I oh, haven't. Cool, mate. 
Did you read it, Vince? I haven't. I no, haven't. it's good. Yeah, it's by Matt Greaves. I don't know why I've slept on this because um, the only reason I ended up like finally buying it and, and thinking, why haven't I bought this before? is because Tom did an interview with Matt on uh, That Comic Smell last week. And it's a great little interview. It's one of those ones they do, which is just a conversation between two people almost, you know. Um, it's magazine size, four pounds, black and white interiors, series of sort of just this this side of Viz, really, you know, pretty anarchic and sat- got a satirical bent to it. It opens on, there's a really good one, it opens on called Oh Boy, about a goofy, over-enthusiastic small press comics creator and his comic <laughs> called Fly Guy. Um, I think, um, oh, there's there's one of them which is, um, I'll, I'll leave it to you to read, but it's just called Disaster Artists, and it possibly perfectly describes certain areas of the more faux artistic side of our hobby <laughs> and how they're overreactionary. I think it starts off with something like, um, oh, there's been an expl- a terrorist attack in Birmingham, and the girl in this, there's this little group of hipsters, and the girl says, oh, I, I went to Birmingham once. And they were like, oh, how do you feel? Are you okay? Are you okay? She says, oh, I might have to go home, I think. I think I'm going to have to go home and cope with this. you know. And you're like, oh, my God. God. You know. Uh, <laughs> There's a strip called Mulligan, which is a riff on an old school Saturday newspaper. Um, and he's added some pinups. I think there's a pinup of Kubrick and stuff and everything like that. But it's a great price. Only four quid. Um, I'll definitely be on, on, on board for the next one. He's also got like a funny letters page. Um, and some there's, there's a three panel gag in the last couple of pages, which I'm only describing as open all hours, but with a touch of porn about it. You know the oh the, uh, the TV sitcom. Yeah, <laughs> finally it happens. Finally, it gets his end of that. Um, you can go to Matt Greaves, M A T G R E A V E S, MattGreaves dot com, and get a copy. He does some t shirts as well, which I'm, I'm sorely tempted to invest in. Brilliant. Yeah, really good. Yeah. A really good one. Yeah, amazing. So there you go, folks. Tons of stuff to go forth and look at and check out and read on, on for the upcoming week or whenever you listen to this episode i'm never quite sure when people do listen to these episodes sometimes you they may be listening a couple of months after the episode goes yeah. live but whenever you did listen to this episode thank you very much for listening we hope you've enjoyed it and everything that we've talked about from oh, we've gone long tonight guys yeah from, man from license from licensing yeah. to art processes and uh and ian ashcroft popping in for a yes for a cup of sugar um, <laughs> if you think we should get a doorbell installed so he doesn't have to knock next time like then you can email us <laughs> awesomecomicspod at I feel a theme coming on yeah <laughs> you know Dan is loving this he's been wanting someone to knock at the door for literally yeah, what, yeah. since I we kept, started haven't you I kept on petitioning for sound effects and doorbell <laughs> ringing and all that look, look, Vince will look. get angry and go you don't have to edit it Look, like, yeah, yeah. Look, there's there's certain <laughs> foley I can do here. Yeah. Anything else? Watch yourself, son. Otherwise, I'll give you the editing. If you say like, "Oh, I've just got to take my trousers down," and you do like a swanny whistle, like, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, if you go if you go on to Twitter at the Awesome Pod, you can follow us there, where we will post up opportunities for shout outs and uh, questions, polls and retweeting awesome projects etc if you do the book of faces go to facebook.com slash awesome comics podcast, mm. join the community group awesome comics talk, it's another avenue to join a like minded group of people who want to talk about comics as is the awesome comics podcast slack group yeah. there's loads of different channels, yeah. loads of whatever you want to talk about, if you want to um, sell some old books, if you want to talk about the, the comic you're working on it's your all there films tv channel. music yeah yeah it's all yeah 
yeah advice so, so um get in touch with us to find out how to join that um exclusive and very sexy community um if you have any like issues downstairs take a po- picture of it post it on no the no no not no not on that did you watch the midweek midwich cuckoos tv series uh, i have to say and there's too much cloak there was like a weird like miracle man issue nine thing going on in one of the episodes oh I really see all that yeah Okay. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to us, whether it was on the website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out about the show and everything we talk about on a weekly basis. If you listen to us on any other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what are the networks we're on, Tony? We're also on Pod. How much is Viagra in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> Which ties in to <laughs> next, ne- week. next week's show. Um, it's going to be a three amigos show, but Tony is calling in all the way from another country. In the middle um, of the night, yeah, middle of the night. I'll be, I'm sharing an Airbnb with Eddie from Strangers and yeah. Adam Falp. So, yeah. God, you know what Adam's like? He'll be involved you in might. some kind of nefarious activity in the background. I was guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if it gets too absolutely filthy, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just you might be in the a... room by the time we record. I'd imagine, unless it's <laughs> not sharing before. a room. No, yeah. okay. Unless I'm just watching, you know. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. Ah, oh, the mighty cuck. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you so next week we're gonna have a bit of fun. We're gonna talk a lot, a bit like a few different comic uh, comic topics and stuff. If there's anything you want us, we'll do a bit of a Q and A session to have a bit of a laugh. We haven't had one of them, yeah, in a while. We can talk. We're gonna talk about how Tony's getting on as well. Yeah, we? yeah. Yes. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. But if there's any questions you want to ask us about comic topics or maybe something quite funny. You never know. We'll have a we'll have a laugh next week. Um, I'll be able to give you an update of t- about tea cap as well about what's going yeah, on over yeah, there. Yeah, interesting. And I'll let you know how my birthday went. Right. But, and, we need to talk about that. Until until then, until then, where can people find us online, etc.? Tony, neverinanything.com. Dan, boom. And you can find me on Twitter at Vanguard <laughs> Comic. You can be Vanguard at VanguardComic.com, and you can go to uh, Vanguard Patron dot com forward slash vanguard comic to see all the you, you want to be careful there. how many times you say vanguard comic dan because i think you, do you have nosebleed right now no i'm good you I'm, sure uh, yeah, yeah i'm not, not suffering too bad yeah vanguard comic <laughs> yeah you can find me on social media at just diablo and the wonderful ian ashcroft thank you for joining us for this second half where can people find you and your work uh Instagram and Patreon at ian.ashcroft.art Go forth, support an, an artist who probably in a in a better year or two will be too big to talk to us. So never. <laughs> yeah, you say it now, Ian. Come on, come on. Ian. Oh well, who knows what the future holds? Yeah, there you go. See, he's already gone back on himself. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, everyone. Wherever you are in the world, we hope you're happy, healthy, and doing okay. Because we all love you very much, don't we, Dan? Oh, yeah. Don't we, Ian? Yep. Don't we, Tony? What? Yeah. Monster. Anyway, (laughs) wherever you are, have a brilliant week. Read loads of comics. Make loads of comics. Just have a a great time. And uh, from Dan, Tony, Ian and myself, have a great week. And, uh, oh, God. What's that other thing they should do, guys? Stay Stay awesome. awesome. Yay. Yay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hello. Bye.
Excellent. Oh, oh. Oh, wait, That's like he's partridge. Pushing yeah. cheese into his face. Yeah. Smell my cheese, you mother. <laughs> Smell my cheese, you mother. 